Being married to Dwight must suck. It does suck. <laughs> it really fucking does. Got a nice butt, though. Yeah, he's got quite the dump. Hello and welcome to No Refunds. My name is Dwight and joining me this week is... Alex? Yep. And... Tiffany? And we have a very special guest joining us. I think this is going to be the first of many in the next couple of episodes, so I'm really, really excited for this one. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Brian. I've been on this podcast before. (laughs) (laughs) Like like a billion times. And that... Yeah. Hi, Brian. How are you? (laughs) What an intro. (laughs) (laughs) The dude. That's what I'm famous for now. (laughs) Like, the the guy was your best man at our wedding. Like, and that's his intro. And this guy's here. Yeah. Fine. And a man who needs no introduction. Okay. There we go. This this man who was the best man at your wedding, and you don't even do a podcast with him. Some guy that wasn't even in your wedding party is part of your podcast. Hey, Brian, Brian moved to Vermont far away from me. Brian moved far away from me, and I'm sure if we still lived together like we used to, then we would definitely be doing it together. And Alex, we wouldn't even be friends. Wow. Right. That's that's true. That's true. Uh, I filled a I filled part of a Brian shaped hole in your life. That's not true. I filled a Bonnie shaped hole in your life. Bonnie moved yeah. away, and you were like Dwight. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean. You know, a little bit of both. It's wow. I um funny enough, I actually on my phone it reminded me like I it had showed me a picture from like what was it, eight years ago? I think it was eight or nine Shit. years ago when I was actually living in the same like home as you guys. That's so weird. Back in uh wherever that was. It was a good time. I the... enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. You're like the only other person that I lived with that I didn't like fucking hate living with. <laughs> I don't Can't know how that's possible. I hate I I hated living with every like every single roommate I've ever had. I guess other than Dwight too, but that's not true. Oh, I meant uh, it the other way around. Like I don't know how you didn't hate living. With I know me. I know what you meant. I'm just okay. that's I'm not true. You just, liked living with Phil. Oh yeah, LA. yeah, yeah. That's true too. But like, I just had so many bad experiences with roommates in college. <laughs> I never want to live with anybody ever again. Welcome mm. to my house where I live with my wife named hey. Tiffany. <laughs> So uh, we don't have any emails this week, which is totally fine. It's uh, it's only been less than a little over 24 hours since yeah. we released the last <laughs> yeah. episode and when we're recording this next one. So it's totally cool and I understand. But if anyone does want to send emails, it's no refunds podcast, all one word. All one word is not a part of the email at <laughs> gmail.com. And uh, yeah, send us uh, your questions, comments, concerns, and it'll be it'll be fun. And we'll read them and you'll get to hear your voice coming out of my voice and it'll be beautiful. <laughs> Wow. That's so an wow. interesting way to put it. It's the only way that I think whenever I think about people reading something, it's just they're they're talking for somebody. Else. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Anyways, sure. um so no, I follow you. Yeah. I got, Thank you. I Brian got it. gets it. That's why he was it. the best man at my wedding. I got it. Speaking of uh <laughs> Brian, um hey. <laughs> what? 
Have well, what a, what a transition, <laughs> Brian. You are the guest. Uh, what have you been doing? Yeah. Um, I've been living in quarantine isolation, <laughs> like everybody. <laughs> how has um, that been? How are you? How, how are you yeah. holding up? Yeah, I'm doing okay, I guess. Um, yeah, we were talking a little bit about work, and like it was nice hearing, uh, like the. It's always nice hearing your podcast, anyway. But like hearing about Tiffany's uh, work experience and how it's changed for her mm-hmm. too is nice and uh yeah i don't know for me keeping busy like outside of that i've definitely been cooking a lot more um and like doing uh miniature painting again which has been fun because i've been trying to practice some new skills there um and bugging people who don't care about miniature painting with pictures and being like hey does this look okay so that's been my thing i always liked your mini paintings when you did your whole blood rage set i thought that came out fantastic yeah, is is it the is it the point now when you look at like what you've previously done and you're like I could have done this so much better or this is garbage compared to like um, how you're doing it now or are you I just like trying different looked, techniques? Right, I haven't actually looked back at Blood Rage. It's more that I'm I'm learning new things about how to paint minis. So the the two examples are like one's called object source lighting, which is like where you paint something on the mini to look as if it's giving off light. Oh, um, like, like a wizard holding so, a fireball or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is super hard to do. And I have not gotten that down yet. So my first attempt is kind of gross. Um, but I learned a lot doing it. And then the other is how to paint variations of black, like black on black kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So in this case, it's a Lord of the Rings game and I'm painting wargs, which are like evil wolves basically and so they're black like the whole way through and you still need them to look like they're being lit somehow Mm -hmm. so you're painting like black true black on the bottom and then like light lighter grays and purples and things on the top not like purple purple but when you have something that's black on black on black do you still do a black wash or is that not a part of that you totally can, and it depends on personal preference. I think you actually use a wash that's slightly different than black it, if if you're going by, like, expert opinions. So you use, like, a midnighty purple or, like, indigo, like, deep, deep colors like that, or a very dark blue wash if you want it to look cold. Cool. That's awesome. Yep. I just thought of that Parks and Rec joke where it's, I think it's little Sebastian's funeral, and they're talk, they're picking out, like, fabric and they show the fabric, and it's it's uh, Tom Haverford and John Ralphio, and they're and I, I think I forget who they're showing them to. Are they showing them to Ron Swanson? No, I, I think it isn't it Tom's business card. It's black on black on black. No, but they or... show they're showing the swatches of all the black fabric. Yes, and they're like I forget who they're talking to, but they're like they're all black, and they're like no. <laughs> onyx obsidian <laughs> midnight and they're like all the like variations of black yeah i um i've been sent that meme i think twice now <laughs> about this yeah. that skill yeah but it is really funny and it's sort of true like i don't know if you know anything about vanta black or like black 3.0 or any of that stuff um it's worth looking into it's so there are different pigments of black ink right. that are like way blacker and more light absorbing than regular black ink. That's what I was going to say. Isn't there black They're that bizarre. actually actively it, sucks in like, the light around it? it? It looks that way. It's like, it doesn't, yeah. It's so like, if you see like a Vanta black painted mini or anything on a Vanta black background, like you lose the mini against the background, which is sort of cool. But yeah, I don't have anything like that. Mine's just regular bargain bin paint yeah that's so, awesome standard it's been black. awesome 
because you've been you've been sharing some of the pictures as you've been painting them in my discord and like <laughs> yeah uh the object source one that you did of the the ring wraith mm -hmm. it looked so weird before you did the the wash yeah. and like yeah. but after you did it it looked so cool and i think that's been my the like most fun um, you, you also did it with like an orc that you showed me, you said it to me before you washed it. And then after, and I'm just like, I don't understand how just washing it turns it from this to this. Doing a black wash is fucking magic. It looks, it makes yeah. things so good. It's insane. Progress pictures in general are insane. Like sometimes, like I said this to Alex before, but when I paint minis, I'm like, you know, I hate this. I hate this. And like 80% of the way through, I'm still like, I, I hate this. This is awful. <laughs> it's like worse than all the other ones I've done. And then like the last two or three steps where you like, you do a, an ink wash and then a highlight, like a dry brush. You're like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> it's like, you're like, this actually came out pretty good. Yeah. Why right. did I do any of the other steps? Like, this is it. <laughs> so um, uh, we were talking before the podcast and I believe that uh, the three of you have all been listening to uh, an album. I, I believe you wanted to talk about is that is that correct? Was that your segue? Yeah. Wait, who listens to music nowadays? Uh, Losers. Who listens? To, I don't <laughs> listen to what is what is music? I don't know what that is. Music. Um. Yeah. Sorry, the mic wasn't picking up Tiffany for a second for me. I. He, it takes him getting used to. I heard everything she said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or at least I know everything she said. Music. What's that? Um, so. Um. For, uh, so last week, it was like, not long after we recorded. I think it was like a, a couple days after we recorded. You texted me Sunday. I texted you Sunday and Sunday. it came out on Friday or Thursday. Yeah. I can't remember. Totally missed it. Um, so a band that I really like, and I think I kind of exposed Tiffany to, and I definitely exposed Brian to. Um, Mr. Wives released a new album um, called Super Bloom. And over like the last six or seven months, I'd say, maybe even eight months, they've yeah. been releasing yeah. a bunch of singles and they released an EP that had a bunch of songs that were on oh. this album back in, I want to say November or December. Um, so maybe like six of the 19 songs on the album were already released um but uh this album came out on friday i didn't actually know it was coming out and i try to yeah. keep up on on this specific band because i really like their music uh so i was really surprised when i opened up spotify and it was like new for you this mr wives album and it's 19 songs and it's an hour long and i was like cool and i listened to it and then after I finished it, I started messaging all my friends that also like Mr. Wives being like, have you listened to this? Have you listened to this? Have you listened to this? Because I just wanted everybody else's like opinion because I, I even did that whenever a new single would come out. I'd be like, hey, did you listen to the new Mr. Wives single? What did you think? Um, so for this one, I especially wanted to talk to you guys because I knew that mm -hmm. you guys were both going to be on the podcast. <laughs> so I messaged both of you being like, have you listened to this album? If not, you should, because I want to talk about it on the podcast. So what'd you guys think? Also, one, I'm offended you didn't text me every time that a single came out, but I feel like I did that because I, I think you're right. I think it was back in November and December. Like yeah. 
because I was looking at the track list and I was like, wait, I've already thought this was on something because it se- yeah. seemed like it came out. I, I think YYY was one of the ones yeah. I was like, didn't yeah. this come out like last year? I think, I think Mini Bloom, which is the name of the EP, it's called Mini Bloom, mm-hmm. is like YYY. Uh, I think the end might have been on there, which is the first track on the album. Uh, I think Alone was on there. Uh, I have to look at the track listing of the actual album. I know. I had to pull it up. Coming Up for Air was on there. Find My Way Home was on there, I think. It was like five or six songs. Um, Mini Bloom was good. But, yeah. So... Let's get hot takes takes. from (laughs) Tiffany first. Okay, so I haven't finished it, full disclosure, just because I've been... This week, for whatever reason, is like a total shit show. Um, But I'm... I am... I think there's only like three songs I haven't listened to. This is good. I don't love... Like, I, I like their style. There's some of their older stuff that I don't like as much, but I found myself listening to like Super Bloom came out. That was like on rotation for a while. I'm just going through the track list here. Um, rock bottom is my friggin' jam. Like I would w- like go for walks and I would just be like putting it on repeat. Cause I'm like, yes. Um, I think there- that's my favorite on the album. There's a lot of good songs on here. And like, I don't even know. They're like one of those bands. I don't know really how to describe like their sound in general. I just know that I like it. I know that it's just, it's fun to listen to. There's always some like, really great lyrics and like meanings behind songs. I feel like if I probably looked into it deeper, but this is, this is friggin' solid. Like this is an album I could probably listen to like front to back and then like start it over again. Right. right. Like everything feels like it sounds it like it, it all fits together. And anytime you start an album with the song called the end, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm in like, (laughs) I don't know. All right. I just, I, um, Hot take, I think the song that I hadn't listened to before that I really like is Over the Rainbow. Over the Rainbow, okay. It's a it's a banger. It's a oh a banger. <laughs> that I uh I was listening to the album the first time I listened to it, every time a song came on, I was like, Oh man, this song bops. And yep. I'm like, nobody says that. No nobody actually says that, right? <laughs> slaps. Were you were you vibing? I was vibing hard. Vibe but yeah you gotta get that gen z audience <laughs> the song slaps right it slaps um brian what are, what's your hot take um my hot take is that i enjoyed it uh, <laughs> <laughs> great quality that, podcast that's my hot take uh, as well i agree with everything brian's saying <laughs> um so yeah listening through it it's it's the kind of album that i would put on just like when I'm doing something else, mm-hmm. to be honest, like mm-hmm. a, a lot of the music just has really nice, like, I don't know. I always call it drive or like driving music. Yeah. It's like, it's music. That's like, it, it, it's okay. Cause like, I don't have to pay attention to the lyrics. So I can do like dishes or work or whatever mm-hmm. right. and still have the album on and just running and then like catch favorite songs here and there. Cause all of like, none of the songs I found particularly offensive i guess or like not offensive but you know uh against my sensibilities right yeah yeah um i think my least favorite was maybe valentine's day um if i'm remembering looking back through i remember so (laughs) spoiler alert 
not spoiler alert, inside baseball, I guess. <laughs> I was talking to Brian while he was listening to it. Ooh. Because we were hanging out in Discord, and, and that- every time a song would end, he would give me, like, <laughs> he would be like, oh, that song was fine. That song mm-hmm. was not great. Um, and I remember Valentine's Day being the one that you were like, I don't like this song. Yeah, I guess it just doesn't, like, groove with everything else. It's, right. like, very slow and, like, yep. whatever. Um, so if there was a Brian edit, I would probably take that out and put it at the end or something. Um, but, yeah, I, it the interesting thing for me about the album was, like, pretty much, like, the first half I was like, oh, I can I can kind of dig this, and I really liked YYY and Stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but then right around It's My Turn, was when I really started enjoying the album. And then like everything after that, like almost everything after that was just really good. Like with Rock Bottom being my personal yeah, favorite. Um, funny enough though, coming up for Air and Oxygen, I think on the back half were like my least favorite too, but but I didn't Hot hate take. them or anything. Hot yeah. Take. And I know that Alex, well Ox- oxygen is my favorite song on the album yeah See, and okay. i love coming up for air like that's also another banger that's like one of those songs when it came on like my release radar i was like and turning all the way up yep. <laughs> i blew out the speakers yeah. in my car over uh over the winter so like my oh, no. so so turning it all the way up really does me and like as loud as i can Solid. get it to go um yeah i think brian really hit the nail on the head there like the the first half of this album mm-hmm. For the most part, you know, why, 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 and like stories uh, really do fit in with the second half of the album, but it feels a lot slower paced than mm. the second half of the album, and uh, it doesn't meld together as well. Like the first mm-hmm. half of the album doesn't feel as like uh, albumy. It doesn't like <laughs> meld well together. Yeah. Um, uh, funny enough that is a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah it, it feels like a mishmash of like one song and then the next song you're just like it, it, it almost reminds me of a greatest hits album where like songs back to back you're just like mm-hmm. these don't sound like they belong together um and that's how i felt up until exactly what you said it's my turn and from there on i thought every song felt like it belonged together except the only one that i didn't like and it's my least favorite song in the album is seven dash two i i think that that song is fine uh that one didn't jive with me in terms of like so for my personal thing Mm -hmm. about uh mr wives and the reason i love them so much is i i think that their lyrics are amazing like i like Mm -hmm. every song Mm -hmm when I go back and I listen to the lyrics, I'll either pick up on something new, like a, a lyric that really hits me or it, the theme of the song will just like yep. impact me really good. And I really like that. It's, it's a lot of really well-written and like heartfelt songs, even mm-hmm. like these upbeat, like bangers <laughs> as we are calling them. They, they really like have, impactful lyrics and a lot of pop music in my experience is like kind of throwaway Mm -hmm. lyrics Mm -hmm. that just sound cool and like a lot of and these aren't the same genre but like when I listen to Backstreet Boys I'm not listening to it for the lyrics I'm listening to it because it's upbeat and fun to listen to but this is upbeat and fun to listen to and I love the lyrics so 
what uh, genre of music kind of, is this? Sorry, what, I didn't hear anything you said, Dwight. What genre of music is the Mr. Wives? I, I don't so, know anything about them, and for all I, okay. it sounds like it's maybe indie, but I, so what? yeah, um, their first album I would say fell into the alt rock mm-hmm. genre. They were definitely like on that weird line of folksy with rock music. Um, And then their second album pushed a little more into the pop rock um, arena. And this one is definitely, I would say they've gone pretty much full pop rock. Mm -hmm. Um, So they've, they've definitely taken a tonal shift from their first album. Their first album is my favorite of their three personally um because alt rock and that like kind of folksy sound is one of my favorite things but i think it keeps a little bit of the folk like it does i don't know genetics i guess i i I definitely agree and but um i think this album has like it's taken a tonal shift that they were clearly moving in that direction with their second album i don't remember the name of any of the albums right now uh, the first one's Our Own House. The second one, mm. I couldn't tell you. The first song's The Machine. <laughs> um, so they're they're like an indie, pop rock, alt rock, kind of in that genre sphere. Uh, it looks like Our Own House, Connect the Dots. Connect the Dots, mm. correct, yeah. So... Um, Unless you're well, counting all their singles. No, I don't count any of the singles. But like... Um, this is the album that I was expecting from the slow trickle of singles that I got. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I was because I think "Decide to Be Happy" was the last single they released because they released it during quarantine. They did a quarantine video where they each recorded like at home, and like the drummer was playing on pots and pans, and it was cute and funny. And so the lead singer Mandy Lee is married to the drummer, so they live together. <laughs> So they were together, but everybody else was separate, and it was cute, and I really liked the song, and I was like, man, this album's going to be awesome whenever it comes out, and then it came out, and I fucking love it. I like I, I have listened to it at least 10 times, and it's been less than a week, um, <laughs> but my easily my two favorite songs are Oxygen and probably It's My Turn. Um, but man there's so many songs that like like the first time i listened to the album my favorite song was three small words and i was and i was telling everyone i'm like three small words is amazing i love it and then i listened to it again that reminds me i i liked three small words as well but it reminds me that i actually really liked getting um maddie's take yeah maddie of art of maddie yes uh uh, i liked getting her her takes even though it was through kyle (laughs) but that was great like just hearing her opinion on them because then it like got me looking forward to like you know her songs too it's it's so fun talking to other people about music because Mm -hmm. i i almost never sit down with someone and go what was your favorite song on on the album and we have the same answer it almost never happens Mm -hmm. sometimes there's always like that one song that was clearly the single that they Mm -hmm. put poured their heart and soul into and everyone's like yes this is the one Mm -hmm. but usually if i bring up music with any of my friends it's like hey what do you think about this album and they'll be like oh it was great and i'll agree and then they'll be (laughs) we'll be like what's your favorite song and 
they'll be like two vastly different songs or like not even close on to on the same like ranking for us but i i think that's like the beauty of it i i think that's why i don't like to talk to people about music i really really (laughs) don't um because when i listen to music i find it like other than when i listen to it with like dwight i find it to be a very very personal experience and i almost don't like sharing like what my favorite songs are because i'm like almost embarrassed of like what i connect to or what lyrics i connect Mm. to and like i know a lot of people don't share like my opinions on music so i'm like oh i'm just gonna keep it so it's nice to talk about something like this where i'm like i know nobody else listens to mr wives so it's like it's nice to be like oh yes how good is the song like yeah a lot of our fan base like pop type music too is like just because it's nobody's gonna be like oh i you know whatever nobody's gonna be pretentious about it yeah yeah a lot of our fan base listens to mr wives so they will all judge you (laughs) no no judgment it's really great i I know i know Corey and jess and maddie and kyle all listen to it so yeah apparently we have maddie to thank because she got she got alex into it yeah we we were trying to track the um, <laughs> the virus of Mr. Wives to back to the source mm-hmm. because I I infected Tiffany and Dwight though Dwight or Tiffany More and me. Brian Jesus I had Christ. I had heard of them um, yeah just like adjacently but then I was like oh somebody else actually knows who yeah. they are oh okay cool because when I told you to listen to them you were like oh you you started listening to the album and you were like oh a couple of these songs have come up on my mm-hmm. release radar mm-hmm. or like my my spotify weekly and i love these songs and and i was like oh you definitely should listen to more and you were like yeah so like you'd heard of them but i was like get addicted i want to talk about it um so yeah like i uh i love this album and i think everybody should listen to it yeah totally i recommend it too i mean to almost anybody you know it's at least worth throwing on in the car and seeing how it goes. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do tomorrow. I'm going to the gym for the first time in like four months, so I'm gonna Whoa. put it on in the car while I drive. Don't like anything. I know. Um, I know. I'm not going to. <laughs> I'll try not I'll, to. That was oddly specific. <laughs> that was oddly specific. Oh yeah. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Um, uh, on the topic of music in general, I guess I am kind of curious, like how have people's music habits changed, if at all, with quarantine? Because mine have changed yeah. sort of significantly. Like I listen to music a lot more, partly because I do it at like I do it as part of work now, mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. which I didn't I didn't always used to. I mean, and I do it I used to do music in the car Mm -hmm. which I don't drive anymore (laughs) so like Mm -hmm. um definitely my music habits have changed and on that topic I wanted to bring this up to Dwight I I recently have been getting back into OC remix um, (gasps) oh my god that still still exists strong oh yeah that's awesome yes and I I adore I pretty much adore almost everything that comes out of there. Yeah, uh, OC well, Remix OC for those who don't know is yeah. um it is a a website that is specifically it's called Overclocked Remix is what it actually stands for and it's for all remixes of video game music. And Ooh. so Brian introduced me to OC Remix in like 2004. We were in high school. Yeah. I remember it was it was yeah. ma- like it was maybe 2003 2004 and it, it was like 
all I listened to for a long time because it's like they would do like whole albums of like video game music. So like one artist yep. would take one track from excuse me uh one artist would take one track from chrono trigger and then they would do the entire album like different artists yeah. doing different tracks and i, I assume they're they still doing a, stuff like that yeah in particular i would recommend if you're not sure where to start because they have remixes like all over the place mm-hmm. um pick one of the albums from one of the games you enjoy and mm-hmm. listen to that because they have like a street fighter album they did the official soundtrack to street fighter 2 hd remix uh oh cool they had oh yeah they they did the official soundtrack for a few other games. I just can't remember them off the top of my head. Um, they have a Final Fantasy VII themed album, the Crown Trigger themed album. There's like a, a couple Sonic themed albums. Their mm-hmm. most recent one was Golden Sun, which Ooh. is like Golden Sun is so good. Golden Huge Sun rules. Up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Golden Sun looked so good for a GBA game. Like it looked way better than it had any right yep. to. And the fact that the, they made an album of, of that is interesting because Golden Sun was a, exclusively a GBA game, and the GBA sound chip is fucking terrible. It's <laughs> so bad. I remember when they re-released um, FF6 on on the GBA. Obviously, I bought it, and because FF6 is one of my favorite games of all time, and the the audio was so fucking piss poor. It was like it was. I had to like turn it off because I just wouldn't listen to it because it was so compressed and so terrible. Anyways, so <laughs> wow, my, tell us my, how you really feel. My shameless admission today is when I played Golden Sun, I got so for Christmas, I got Golden Sun and Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory for Christmas. So wow. I played, I played Golden Sun and put Hybrid Theory into my disc man and only listened to that while I played Golden Sun. So now. If I play Golden Sun or if I listen to Hybrid Theory, I think about the other. They are connected in my brain. That is awesome. that is Metroid Prime and I believe Gob's Foot in Mouth Disease is the, are the two albums that 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 that's that's how I that's played. Okay, that's so, yeah. that's random. Gob, yeah, Remember Gob? I, was, I was big into Gob Jesus at that Christ. point. Jesus Christ, I think it's Gob. G O B. I don't know how you say I it. I love that. Like stuff like that happens in general like movie movie game connections or like book mm-hmm. song connections yep. and soundtrack type things that's cool what was the question um, i feel like you were gonna ask me you asked me something brian I, or... well so i just sort <laughs> I of generally me. sorry tiffany go for it I, I you would ask what people's things are that's i what. was gonna answer the question oh great um, cause you said you would, had been listening to more music. I have been listening to way less music mm. because I'm not driving. So my commute's like 35 minutes, um, both ways. So like, that's when I would go through, I mean, every Monday I would look forward to my discover weekly playlist on Spotify and every Friday looking forward to my release radar and just mm-hmm. like going through music and going through albums and being like, Oh, I'm going to go down this rabbit hole today. And I was doing, um, when I was at work uh, during the, the school year, I was doing my radio show once a week. Well, oh, yeah. when I yeah, remembered, yeah. you know, when I remembered to do it. So I was always listening to stuff and always trying to like make a playlist or like find. There was another one. I should have followed that more closely because I always loved hearing, like yeah. I don't listen to the type of music that you and mm-hmm. Dwight pick for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But like. I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. I just don't go out of my way to listen to it. And I, it's that's really hard. Like going back to that, like it's always really hard for me because I know nobody listens to the music that I listen to. And like Dwight's the one that's going to introduce me to a lot of it. But 
and it's like re- it it's really really it's really personal so it's hard it's hard to share and that's why i like doing the radio show because i'm like well people should know what kind of music i like yeah um, i i yeah. loved listening to your radio show for like sure that, that yeah. was one of the highlights of my uh my day Aww. uh tiffany has archives of all of them so in theory if, if she really wants to she could release them or mm-hmm. like link to them and you guys could li- re-listen to the ones you missed that's an option pretty cool i could do I would that. love to have Sorry, go for it, Tiffany. I just said I could do that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I I was gonna say I would love to have like, like if oh, it would almost feel like um I'm sure other people had this like burned CDs from yeah, like the yeah. Napster days, yeah. like you know you should when, release like a, a Tiffany's uh, Tiffany's Napster burn. Or whatever. Holy shit, Tiffany! What you should do is when Tiffany and I started dating, we burned each other's CDs. So how Im- how embarrassing or fun would that be if we released the the playlists of our old burned CDs? I... Alex and Brian, if you guys have anything like that too, we should put together some Spotify playlists. Oh. I have and... them on my computer because I ripped a bunch of them t- to make, I was going to turn them into radio shows because some of the playlists are so bad. <laughs> They're actually really not that bad, but it's just like, oh God, we were like teenagers in love. I don't know if I love. still have them, but I could, I, I could piece parts of them together. <sighs> a lot of those came from my older sister's recommendations because yeah. yeah. she was in college at the time and it was easy to like just mainline uh, illegal albums and stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know. Oh it, God, so much stolen music. Yeah, um, for sure. In, in terms of my, uh, my listening habits... Uh, over quarantine i don't know that they've changed much in terms of frequency uh i think i listen to about as much music as i used to but i find myself going through phases a lot quicker than i used to Hmm. like i used to i've always gone through music phases i think everybody kind of does where they're just like i'm in the mood to listen to all of my like pop music from when i was in high school for the next like three months or something and and then i'm into i want to listen to classic rock for the next three months but i'm doing that in like micro bursts of like two weeks at a time (laughs) (laughs) um so like like when hamilton came out i was just listening to musicals constantly it was just like I'm just going to listen to, I have a musical playlist. It's just like, I'm going to start it from the beginning and listen to all my musicals. (laughs) And then when that's over a week later, I like moved on. And now I'm on to my Mr. Wives phase where I just have a playlist of all three Mr. Wives albums and they just play. And then when it gets to the end, it goes back to the beginning. (laughs) Um, So that's what I do. But I, I don't know that I've changed how often I listen to music. I just kind of like, because of the sameness of every day-to-day life, I kind of have to spice it up by changing my music a little more frequently. I'm, I'm kind of a, a musical piece of shit when that I don't really <laughs> listen to that much. Um, I, I mostly either just listen to podcasts or like there's like four or five bands that I kind of rotate through that I'll yep. like go through like their whole catalog type of deal. Um, mm. And occasionally I'll fold a new one in or kind of phase one out. Uh, so I don't really do that much. It, it's mostly just listening to like either um, like video essays on YouTube or mm-hmm. uh, so I'm still catching up on like some podcasts and stuff like that. So I don't listen to, right. so my, my music listening hasn't changed that much. You're reminding me of the video essay thing. Um, 
I I do watch video essays too, but there was one in particular recently that I was trying to like explain to Alex and struggling to do so because it was about the history. It was like it was like an analytical take of the history of where the brony fandom came from. Oh god. And like Was it about it like was, brony brony culture being dead and like like the last brony yes. thing? I, I saw that one floated by me, but I didn't watch it. Oh man, it was fascinating for some reason. Like I don't even I watched like the first season of like the the new generation, My Little Pony, mm-hmm. and it was like what I, you know it was cute it was like i was like oh it's made by the same people who made foster's home for imaginary friends so like sure and it was decent but like there was the fandom like th- part of it was like i was kind of blind to it and i was always like oh whatever you know mm-hmm. and but this was this like little like mini i don't know what you call it documentary or whatever not exactly a documentary it did have actual footage from the conventions and stuff but it was like interesting super fascinating i was like holy crap <laughs> Yeah, I never got into. I I don't think I've seen an episode of My Little Pony, and uh, but I do know about like the whole subculture behind that is. Inter- it's like really welcoming and loving, but at the same time, it's like some like dark fucking seedy shit. Like yeah, it's like dark sure. dark web stuff, and, it, and it's yeah. just weird, weird yeah, stuff. Sure. Um, on that topic <laughs> of what dark, dark there web. Is- there is a set of my little ponies coming out in october that is D &D themed (laughs) oh yeah so there's like different D &D classes of my little ponies and i'm like trying to convince myself not to buy it (laughs) because what would i do with those you would display them for the world to see and what am i like i'm not gonna keep them out anywhere i'm not gonna like whatever but you can just hold them like as you as you fall asleep but speaking oh. of D, i uh, was just gonna do that transition <laughs> gotcha uh <laughs> speaking of D, somebody in our midst some one of the four of us uh had a i assume was a religious experience this weekend where they sat I down it was an excruciatingly uh, <laughs> awful experience and they murdered somebody. Shit. Tiffany just showed me the little ponies. That's actually fucking cool. <laughs> That's really Thank cool. You. Okay. That's validating. Fair, fair enough. Um, so we sat down, Tiffany and I, and um, Brian's sister, uh, Brian's sister's boyfriend, and my sister sat down this Sunday. And Bonnie we, and Jesse, also of bo- podcast fame. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's I think right. Je- Bonnie and Jesse have been on, or just Bonnie? Bonnie's been on, and Jesse was in the background, so I think his voice was on. We should have him on the podcast, too. Um, So, yeah. I have it timestamped somewhere. Nice. Um, I don't. I didn't think you did. I I, I don't believe anything you say ever. So, I didn't even believe those My Little Ponies existed until Tiffany showed me the picture. Regardless, um, Jesus Christ, I drank too much seltzer. Tiffany played Dungeons and Dragons for the first time ever this weekend. Whoa! I, it, I know. Like I like I made a character and everything, and I like did it, and I didn't hate it. Oh, nice! Oh my god, I almost just did a spit take. <laughs> I think that's the like big a legitimate spit take. I, I think that's the important part from this is that. Overall, she definitely did not hate it. There was multiple times where we were doing something and she asked a question as to whether or not can my character do this? Can I involve in this? Um, There was this one point where 
uh, they, they, uh, the party came across this room with some spinning blades in it and they had to solve this puzzle in order to get across the blades to flip a lever and they tried several different things and then Tiffany helped come up with the solution. Like she was like actively involved and it was a lot of fun and I really enjoyed it. Tiffany, how was your first experience with Dungeons and Dragons? And do you have any questions for the two resident experts here who are D and D aficionados? Okay. So people who listen, (laughs) people who listen to the podcast know that I hate Dungeons and Dragons. I hate it. I don't understand it. Hey, Tid, past tense. Hey, Tid. Okay, fine. It makes made me mad. Okay, I want to. I want to go on the record and say that like this is, might not become a thing, but I didn't hate it. But like, I am a person who is like, I don't understand it. This doesn't make sense to me. What am I doing? I have very kind of preconceived notions about what Dungeons and Dragons is. I imagine it's just a bunch of people sitting in a room talking and making like voices. So I had never. I have never participated in any way, shape, or form. So. Um, I made a character. Uh, I I have a D and D on beyond account now <laughs> with yeah. my character sheet, and like that was the first part. I was going through it, and I was like, oh, oh, I can, oh, I can do, oh. Yep. So that was really fun. Um, it took a little bit to kind of get into the like, cause like. I don't do the like RPing stuff. I'm like, I'm not right. gonna like make up a voice and be like, oh, hello, everybody. Like, <laughs> I don't do. I'm not gonna do that. Um, but I started to kind of like get into the story. And Dwight had a map, and we had little minis. And I was like, okay, okay, I can see this now. And that was always my issue with with D and D was like, I can't see it. It's not tactile. I can't just listen to it and know what's happening. But Dwight made it very, very tactile and drew out the map and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, this makes sense to me now. And and it wasn't it wasn't awful. Like the thing that was hard to get used to was there's no like turns. It's just people like doing stuff. Right. Um Yeah, you asked a question at one point where you were like, How do I know that it's my turn yeah. to go? And I was like, Well, you kinda have to read the room and then it's like it's almost like podcasting where it's like, yeah. you know, people are taking their turns telling their parts of the story and if you want to do something, you have to like kinda either interject or mm-hmm, just, you know, you mm-hmm. raised your hand, which worked out perfectly. <laughs> yeah. It was like yep. Tiffany was like, takes the next turn. I was like, I don't know what's <laughs> it's like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. But like and just like trying to remember like what um, like what skills I had and like what things I had, like what things I was carrying. And um, I, I think like, for yeah. that D and D beyond was actually a massive boon in that sense, because yeah. I know prior yeah. to that you were like, Oh, how, like, what do I do with this? But as right. we were, as you were creating your character, I could see the pieces falling into place where like you would click on something. Cause there were several times where she was making her character. Like when it came to like picking the explorers pack, dungeoneers pack, blah, 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 whatever. I, she was like, what are those? I was like, hold on, let me go get my manual. And I, and I was, sure. I put, took out the manual and then like I came back and she had like clicked on them and they had like had these little <laughs> Dropdowns that had like all the information. And I was like, "What the fuck am I here for?" Yeah. But like, yeah. it, it. But One it was. That I think that's also a benefit of fifth edition in general, like because fifth edition's character creation process feeds like that experience of mm. sort of discovering your character through yep. Yep. the creation process. And, Absolutely. And as we were going through the creation, so there's a lot more, at least in 
uh, fifth edition compared to like third, there's a lot more emphasis on like your backstory and because you get yeah, bonuses totally. for backstory. And so as we were going together, Tiffany was like, you were piecing together. You were mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to pick the sage background. She was a rogue with the sage background. And she was like, I yeah. want to do that because she's like, I can see this person who has like kind of fallen from grace from their from their research and they they want to go out and they want to be sneaky in the world and uh, while while researching stuff and like it she you were figuring it out and it was I, it was awesome. I'm also a half I'm also a halfling. Tiffany, I have such I have such an emotional boner right now. Like I'm so yeah. I'm so excited for what uh, you're experiencing. See, that's the thing. It's like seeing it from somebody who's teaches teaches the game regularly yeah. too. Like I'm sure yep. you have it too. But like DMing and like when somebody when it clicks for somebody that like yep. this is their character. It clicked it's, so fast for her. It wasn't even yeah, funny. Oh, nice. Like like it's it was it was so like satisfying. immediate. Uh, and yeah. the, so the thing was, we um, initially the reason that we did this was because um, Bonnie, Jesse, and Gina had expressed interest in playing more, and they had actually expressed interest in playing in person, which is fine. And I understand that um, some other members of our party, uh, Billy and Alex, weren't one hundred percent comfortable with that, mm-hmm. which is you know totally cool. There's nothing, no issue yeah. with that whatsoever. However, so. Um, Starting like with a three-person party is fine, but Tiffany graciously volunteered to fill out as a fourth. I was also drunk when I said I would do it. <laughs> true. That's 100% true. Anyways. I, when I agreed to this, I was drunk. And we capitalized okay. and on it they, hard. Yeah. So wow. we originally it was like, you know what? We want to play a game. So I was going to put together a one-shot and we were going to do that. And so that's fine. So what I ended up doing was I bought the... Um, uh, essentials pack, which comes with the Dragon of Ice Spire Peak, which is a really cute little introductory uh, introductory um, adventure. And I was like, okay, so I'll just pick one of the quests in here, and that's what we'll do. And we went through it, and as I was creating it, I was like, I bet you that if if we do this, I could get Gina, Bonnie, and Jesse to want to continue playing, which is totally cool. And the way that, that it actually structures, uh, you're, you are always kind of going back to this main hub town where you're collecting right. quests. And so if Tiffany didn't want to play, that's totally cool. We can just say, hey, her character is hanging out at the end for the rest of the adventure. Like she, like There was a, an easy out for her. It wasn't like we had to kill yeah. her or, or get rid of her. <laughs> so in, th- in this case we weren't able to finish the first session um, at all. Uh, we started at 11 and we went straight through until 3.30. Like we wow. played a long time and I was trying, I, I have learned this about myself as a DM. I am a very slow DM. I, we, we go through every fucking room. We, I, I describe a little bit too much. I don't know. It just took us no. a long time to go through what should have been a, a one shot adventure. It was also part, I- go ahead. As someone who has played for you, I don't think you're a slow DM. Oh, okay. That that's fine. Well, if you think if you think that about yourself, it, that's I, fine. I, 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 I don't I, think you're slow. I'm going to say I, I'm going to finish my thought, and then I'm curious as to that because that that, um, okay. that intrigues me. Because in the other campaign that Alex uh, is playing with me. Um, we have spent over a year in real life working through a caravan that in the caravan, it's going to take about 60 days and we are only about 10 days into it. Yeah. yeah. I think I am a slow DM. Just because we're really bad at getting together on a consistent basis yeah. and playing doesn't mean you're a slow DM. Fair. That, that That's fair. Um, it's like we go six months without playing and then we play like three sessions in a short period of time and then go six months without playing. But dude, we have not, I, we have not advanced nearly far enough. Anyways, moving on. Um, so for this, this session we ended and I was like, so basically we, we had committed to Tiffany being 
in one session. Like that was yep. really all that we had her for. And so we we were we were getting to the end of the session. Uh, first off, she stuck through it with the entire session, which I was impressed with because we played, like yeah. I said, from eleven to three, which is what like five hours, four hours, yeah, four four and, four and a half hours, which is not a short amount of time. Um, I, we were. I didn't even look at my phone like more than like twice. Yeah, it was one of those like <laughs> one. Uh, Jesse was like, "Oh, it's one thirty. We should think about food." And it's like that moment when you're playing D and D and you're like, "Holy shit! It's been two and a half hours already." Yep. How? Yeah. Um. Yep. So time flew for her, and then when we finished, it was like, "I get it if you don't want to," but I think she's gonna come back for the next session. So yeah, oh, I'm gonna come back. Tamarook, the That's halfling awesome. rogue, she's coming wow. back. She's yeah. two foot nine. She's coming back. Go, going back to <laughs> Dwight. Um, one thing that I needed to learn when I started DMing, like I always had a plan in mind for where I wanted to end each session. I stopped doing that pretty quickly because my group never did what I wanted them to do or what I expected them to do. And I needed to learn to stop caring about that because they were clearly having fun and I was enjoying playing off of their enjoyment and their their role playing and their character development and i just i would plan everything out everything that i needed to have prepped and then i just let them do whatever they want and wherever they get to is where they get to like just because we've been in the caravan for six months or a year of real time doesn't mean we aren't fucking enjoying the shit out of it (laughs) And having a blast. So does it really matter how far into the adventure we are? It doesn't. I I just feel I I have, I think, my own weird insecurities about how things are going and whether or not people are truly enjoying it or if you're just being a very polite person and just saying that because Um, I assume that people are hating it. Uh, But that's just me. I wouldn't do it for four to six hours. (laughs) I would absolutely tell you if I wasn't having fun. Okay, that's good. I also would tell you if I wasn't having fun. that, That I 100%. 100% believe. Um, This is actually kind of going to be a recurring theme in some of the other things we're going to talk about later today. But I have, I get inside my own head about everything like this. But anyways. Absolutely. I I actually just finished playing D&D before we started recording this episode. I know. And I was actually, I wanted to, I, I normally don't talk about my sessions with other people because it's kind of a hard thing to describe why it was fun it's like explaining a dream to somebody yeah, it is it is <laughs> like a fever so, dream but i right. i i feel compelled to talk about this to somebody else because it was so weird i i've i haven't played a lot of D, but i've played a fair amount and this was weird for me so um billy and i are in a campaign with three other people it's a five person group three other people that's five. Four other people. Three plus two is Four five. Other That's six. But one plus six. Oh, one the DM. It's a six-person group. Billy and I are in with four other people. The other four people um, got separated from us because Billy and I weren't able to make it to a session. <laughs> and uh, normally, as a DM, how I would play that is these people just follow along and do whatever the other group yep. does mm-hmm. unless they have a reason not to. And I could argue that we did have a reason not to. So they fucked off. Billy and I come in in the next session. And our DM was like, it's just the two of you. And we were like, why? And he's like, well, we're going to have to play and see if you can find the rest of your party. 
So we've been trying to find the rest of our party for three sessions. Oh my god! And <laughs> basically, during the first session, we tried for like half an hour, and then we went, "Hey, this other guy approached us about doing this job. Why don't we just go do that?" So the the rest of that session and the next session was just doing that job. So we kind of just agreed that those people were gone, and then this session started. And we were like, okay, we really need to find our friends. And we went, what should we do to find them? And Billy, uh, Billy's character, Shiva, goes, well, we were told to open our minds, right? Which was is a common theme currently in our campaign. And I go, yeah. And he goes, what about that hookah bar that we were at the other day? And I go, <laughs> I go yeah, I mean, I think that's how a lot of people open their minds, right? And he was like, yeah. So we went in, we approached some guy that was sitting there and we were like, if you were, if you wanted to quote unquote, open your mind, what kind of uh, substance would you put into your hookah? And he goes, oh, try this. And we put it in and we both took our hoses and we both inhaled deeply. There was a con save that we both saved on to avoid passing out. We got (laughs) high as fuck started seeing shit and found out where our friends are (laughs) like we started seeing shit ended up talking to these people that actually knew where our friends were because the drugs like affected our insight and and made it higher it affected our insight to make it higher so we knew the right people to talk to and they told us where our friends were going it was so weird but so much fun that's a very strange way to handle that as a dm but it's creative <laughs> well our i don't think our dm expected us to do that exactly oh but he got super excited when we started doing it so i think that's that was just him going okay they're gonna do this so i'm gonna reward them because that's what you do as a dm yeah like, right if your characters come up with an interesting thing to do, you reward them for doing it, not just go, this was a waste of an hour of your time. Because then you're kind of like hampering their creativity. Mm-hmm. So, man, I love D&D, and it's just so much fun to watch somebody like understand why it's fun. Like, yeah, the character creation part... ever again. The character creation process is always like the buy-in point if you don't buy in during character creation i will be hesitant like i i would be scared about playing with somebody that doesn't start to get the the, like the feeling of like oh yeah my character is gonna be this background because they're this class that means they're this kind of person and they start to like piece it all together and then they're like Mm -hmm. And then you start talking about like your alignment. It's like, okay, if you're this this class and this background, what's your alignment gonna be? What kind of person are you? And it, it gets so like you get bit. It's like it's so much fun. I remember creating Bonnie's first character or second character with her and like asking her these leading questions. And like when you start asking these questions, you're you're kind of planting thoughts in their mind, but not in a specific way it's just like it could be this it could be this and then they go oh my god (laughs) it's just it's so fun tiffany um 
That's one thing that Dwight did really, really well. Um, <laughs> everybody knows that Dwight and I are great. We've been together for 16 years, but we know how to push each other's buttons and we know how to annoy each other. And yep. you guys know, <laughs> Alex, probably more than most, like Dwight will say something and I'll be like, oh, I fucking know. I already know. He did such a good job. <laughs> it's ended recordings before. <laughs> yeah. Once. Once. And, but it's become a joke now. It's, joke. it's become a joke to look out for the cables. Yeah. I just don't like being, I don't like being talked down to, but Dwight did right. such a good job. And backing up, I kind of had to tell myself, I made a conscious effort like, hey, don't fuck this up for everybody else. Don't right. be that person that's just going to be really pissy the whole time. Because I've done that before, too. And I'm like, don't do yep. this. Like, everybody's here. You haven't seen your friends. Like, people haven't been over your house. And for, like, it was just like, okay, people are coming over. We're doing something fun. Um, so, but, but Dwight was really, really good. Like, almost went into this, like, teacher mode where I was just mm-hmm. like, wait, I have a question. And he was like, oh, and it's blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. And he did, like, such a good job of, like, not making me feel like an idiot that I didn't yep. know what I was doing and, like, helping me work through it. And I think that made it fun. Because yeah. it didn't feel like, oh, I'm here. I am playing D and D with my husband, who's like, ah, yeah. it. Do this, do that, do this. Yeah. I let you drive yeah. Yeah. what you were doing. It it felt it felt like you were so helpful to that process, and you were so like, like I said, like you were in teacher mode, where you were just like, yep, and this is what you do. And then I was like, wait, Dwight, I have a question. And you're like, oh, <laughs> so well, like talking about alignments. I was like, well, what should I be? And he's like, don't be evil. So I think I'm chaotic neutral. Yeah, is what it, I ended up I, going with. When, when you started describing like how you wanted to play the game to me last t- last time we recorded, I was just like, "You're gonna end up being chaotic neutral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just gonna happen. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best alignment to play, yeah. especially for first time players. Um, I find a lot of the stricter alignments, like lawful good." Like, they're a little more limiting, Mm -hmm. so they're a little harder for somebody that's new to the game. Um, Neutral can be be a little easy, but I I think chaotic neutral is just, I think it's the best starting Mm -hmm. alignment. Yeah, lawful is, like, kind of perfect. Lawful is my favorite to play if I'm with a group of newbies and I'm a player, because... being experienced it allows you to be in the position to like drive things forward when like new players definitely don't do that generally that's (laughs) why like because they're exploring right they're discovering and that's what they're supposed to do like you know um yeah so whenever i get to play like the paladin or the like quest seeking monk or whoever that's like driving every all the action that's fun so i had a couple of like sort of thoughts here one was like you were talking about that sort of clicking experience for new players mm-hmm. um and one of my favorite things about D is that there's this additional sort of clicking experience that happens when you dm for the first time mm-hmm. um and it's like so that same experience and joy you get from like creating a character that's all yours as a dm you start to like get the feeling that you're creating an experience for others where they get to like have all these discoveries and these ownerships and things and that's Mm -hmm. like fun in its own way um and then 
the the other one i want to make sure i don't lose track of it so it sounds like overall you enjoyed it tiffany and i i think i've said this to you in the past but it makes me really curious like how you would react to other role-playing type games that are not dnd because i always like had the feeling that you would enjoy it if if it was a more level like playing field i guess right. like where you didn't have to walk into a, a space where others are already super experienced right. with it you know that sort of thing i think that's my issue just with games in general and especially being with friends with people and married to people who are yeah. like <laughs> literally could like look at a game for 15 seconds and go oh, okay i got it yeah. and like being married to dwight must suck it does suck <laughs> it really fucking does it's really it's really the worst toys uh, what's it like under that bus <laughs> it's warm under here the engine keeps me nice and toasty Aww. and the exhaust oh, is uh putting me to sleep so not bad yeah, dwight's just gonna get up and leave now <laughs> it's bye like playing and and building the character and looking through this stuff made me realize like I don't actually hate any of it. I just think I hate the idea of it and yep. I, I don't it, it's hard to explain. I'm like like looking at the thing like looking I was looking at the languages and I'm like, "Oh, there are orcs in here and and dwarves yeah. and gnomes." And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, I like all this shit. Like this is this I, is fun." Yeah, like it, it's yeah. interesting because when we were going through it. the creation, you were even like, "Oh, I like Lord of the Rings. This is Lord of the Rings." And it was like, "Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is." I know. Yeah. I wonder if part of it is like the because different playgroups matter a lot mm -hmm. even in my experience mm -hmm. like yep. sometimes i've played D D and hated it like cannot stand it and like it's always amazing to me that it can be such different things like mm -hmm. it can be completely different experiences it can be like tabletop battle strategy yeah. simulator and right. like i can't stand that <laughs> like yep. i just don't play that way i think um i think it's very important to balance the the party in a way to make sure that there's not too many new people or too many super veterans like mm -hmm. i i can't imagine like playing alone with like four other new people because i would feel like a i'm i'm draw uh, like i would feel like i need to play differently than i normally do because i wouldn't want to drive the rest of them too hard or like drive the narrative too much and i wouldn't want to feel like i'm condescending people mm -hmm. by telling them how the game works but like i i always found that the perfect balance of a group is having a couple people that know what they're doing a couple people that don't know what they're doing and let it flow naturally mm -hmm. just let it happen because in my experience with dnd &D, if you ask a question nobody's ever going to look at you and be like, what are you, a fucking idiot? Yeah. Like, everyone is always so nice about it. I remember my first session, Brian was DM, and I was playing with Bonnie, who it was her first time, and Dwight had played a lot of D&D, &D, but it was his first time Never in 5th edition. edition. Yeah, it was my right, first yeah. And, I think that was one of my first times DMing. For yeah, the it was like, we were all new to it, so every time somebody asked a question, it was just like, hey, how does this work? And someone would be like, I think it works this way, but let me check my player's, player's handbook. Right, and or that, we would just gloss over it and be like, right. nobody wants to look this up right now right. because it's not fun. Absolutely, so, and, and like, <laughs> now we've gotten to a point where, like, somebody will ask a question in one of our sessions, whether it's, like, 
Dwight will ask a question from a DM standpoint, or Gina will ask a question mm-hmm. from a player standpoint, and someone will have the answer or an answer that suffices mm-hmm. to, to move just, forward. Right, to facilitate and, storytelling. Right, exactly. Like and and it's always I've I've never felt like anybody has ever been like 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 Tiffany's talking about this warming accepting mm-hmm. experience of coming into it. I feel like that's how D&D has always been from my viewpoint and in my like sphere of friends and players and I think that a lot of people that play D&D would say that and it it's kind of what the community is built around mm-hmm. and it's one of the reasons I love interacting with the community. I mean, that said, I have hit like this was maybe a thing like before fifth edition right. or whatever, but I've hit play walls where like, you know, especially with like Pathfinder for some reason yep. where you would like, I tried a couple different play groups of Pathfinder and I love that system, but like walking into like certain play groups, I was just like, Whoa, this is like a brick wall of like, <laughs> no thanks. Like, yep. Pathfinder Pathfinder's like, really nitty gritty with like all yep. the little, like stuff that you can do so i think that attracts more of like your min maxers and that type of, yeah. type of play That's style what i was gonna talk about yep what does that mean? I, I feel like in, what i've heard about pathfinder i never played but what i've heard about pathfinder is that it attracts a lot of min maxers and they can be really hard to play with because they want to drive how everyone else plays the game to make sure that they are also getting the min, yeah. like the maximum for, for people's of benefit and tiffany asked what a, oh okay yeah go ahead oh well there you go <laughs> i didn't even hear it but i kind of was like saw your confused look um for for people who are new min maxing is like when you're minimizing certain statistics not for the benefit of story but for maximizing other statistics and so right. like if you're playing a min maxed i don't know fighter for example you're like the classically dumb and not charismatic mm-hmm. fighter right. and you're super strong and tough yeah. like that's yeah. the-, the the min is is minimizing all of your bad attributes yep. and maximizing all of your good attributes so you're right. ignoring the stuff that your character is mm-hmm. naturally bad at and yep. emphasizing stuff they're naturally good at and it, it a lot of times it involves like crazy spreadsheets obscure yeah. rules awkward yep. powers in order yep. to eke out that one little extra bit of proficiency or and and it fucking it can ruin stuff I like think, it really can i think that's where in my mind what D is Yep. That's mm-hmm. really what it is. It's like that stereotypical nerd that's sitting there. I'm like, oh, I need my, oh, I got to roll my 20. Oh. And they're just like, <laughs> it, I don't know. I don't know terms. I don't know. But they, <laughs> no, you're, you're fine. But like, they're just so, and, and it's another why I have a hard time playing like even just games with people because everybody knows everything. And I'm just like, Oop. right. It has definitely shifted away from mm-hmm. that in, in the more mm-hmm. recent uh, iterations. One of the things oh, about right. D&D is that like, Going into it, you just need to understand that having more knowledge about how the game works doesn't necessarily matter. Like, uh, because it's a fantasy, it's an imagination game. It's a, it's a role-playing game, but it's all about imagination. Mm-hmm. Like, if something comes into your head, you say, I want to try this. <laughs> it's up to the DM's discretion if they want to allow it or if it's within the rules of the game. Of course, like... You can't just be like at level one. I'm gonna fly over and punch that dragon in the face, uh, and like kill it. They're like, there's there's limits to it. But 
yeah every once in a while especially billy in our campaign he'll be like i love i want to try this playing. and he'll billy's be like, always the one this. billy's always the one jam, this. yeah i'm gonna jam this immovable rod into this orc's stomach and like tear it through for some damage and dwight's like as a dm he's just like yeah that's awesome like that's so badass i don't care if it's possible i don't care if it's like <laughs> gonna do a lot of damage yeah you get you get to do it and it's so rewarding as a dm to have players come at you and go like this is cool sounding so i'm gonna try it like that's what dnd is all about and and that's what i was really excited about for in this first first session with tiffany because like i said in order to get over to the other side of this room what they ended up doing was actually having um bonnie's character use the mold earth cantrip to create a little channel for tiffany's small halfling to crawl under and so like she was instrumental to it it was such a cool and creative and fun way because like they kept they were trying to like throw things over the blades and like the but they kept on getting caught in the blades and cut and like coming up with a legit legitimately creative solution was yeah. fantastic and it's fun because like the way the book says to do it spoiler alert is like if someone has mage hand they just use mage hand but them right. not having the, the mage hand is a uh, a disembodied hand that you can manipulate up to 25 feet awesome. that will like pull do simple yeah. tasks for you but no one none of you guys clearly uh... had that so like you had to come up with this super creative way of getting around this trap and it was right. so much fun to watch and very satisfying to like see you guys figure out this puzzle. It was really cool. How did how do you think I did? I think you did fantastic. Uh, the 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 group that we were with, uh, speaking of like group composition, is like is perfectly balanced because you have Bonnie and Gina who have played a a decent amount, and then you have right. uh, Tiffany and Jesse who are relatively new to this, and like so I think overall. It was a fantastic. You guys were enjoying the the mushrooms that you were finding. Like you you were finding pleasure in all the little um, Me, uh, quirks of the world. Sitting in sitting a, in the the gnome chairs. Yeah. So so we were in a we were in Nomengard, and there was this this dining room with uh, a bunch of gnome sized chairs. So Tiffany the halfling sits <laughs> sits there and goes, "I'm a gnome. I'm a gnome," and just starts mocking gnomes like it being Solid. being naturally chaotic. And yeah. it was just a lot of fun. Like I, I had a blast doing it, mm-hmm. and I am really looking forward to the continuation of, of this little adventure. I hope that awesome. we can keep on playing and it's going to be so much fun. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that Tiffany enjoyed it because having heard Tiffany talk about D&D for years now and about how, how much she hates it and how like she doesn't even want to be in the room while we're playing or Don't even be in the same talk house. about it because it's the worst. Well, like so... she, she texted me a picture of her, or her laptop on Sunday, Sunday. Sun- yes. and was like, yeah. "This is happening," and I was like, "Oh my god, have fun with it!" Like, it was, I was just like, yeah. "Just, just, just treat it like." I, I'm mostly just excited, like, because at the very least, even if you never play again after these couple mm-hmm. of sessions, mm-hmm. you at least have the language to explain what you like and don't yeah. like about right. it. Yeah. Yep. Which is always key. Language. Yeah, which is sometimes really hard to come up with because, mm-hmm. like, I've hated Hamilton for years <laughs> and it took me forever to come up with the words for why. Uh, yeah, I feel like we've, we've been talking about Hamilton a lot lately. It almost makes me feel like we've been, like, stuck in this almost, like, eternal Hamilton time loop. And, like, almost like that movie Groundhog's Day where, like, he keeps waking up in, in the morning and it's like he's he's hearing them talking about it again. Speaking of Groundhog's Day what and time loops. That I, I was fucking transitions have you been doing today, Dwight? I, I, I'm stretching. Uh, I, I have been a big stretch boy. Can I go pee? 
Yes. Absolutely. Okay. So we'll take a little break. Time out. I got pee. Are we all going to pee? Because I kind of have to pee. Yeah, we, all let's right. all go pee. I'm going to get another drink. We're all going to take right a break now. to pee. <laughs> 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 what did Brian say? Brian's peeing right now, he said. Okay, so why don't we uh, kind of get back into it? So break over. we had speaking of the the time loops and everything like that that I that I so beautifully segued into this section. Palm um, Springs. All four of us yeah, recently watched break. the movie Palm Springs, and uh, <laughs> Alex, I don't know, who, With I don't Andrew think you've Sandisberg. Yes, right. So Alex. Palm Springs is a movie. I'm trying to do a Dwight, Next uh, or, sorry, a, a Brian kind of uh, intro. Uh, Palm Springs is a movie. It has people, places, and it was about and something. things. <laughs> um, okay, so Palm Springs is a Hulu movie. It's a Hulu original. It's on um, Hulu. It's on Hulu. That's correct. <laughs> I heard, uh, I heard it's on Hulu. What's Hulu for those who don't know? <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Hulu is a streaming service. What's uh, streaming? It's a streaming service. What is Primarily it? funded by Andrew Sandisberg. <laughs> um, so this movie is a quirky sci-fi comedy. Ro- rom-com? A romedy. Um, that's like the worst pit, uh, way for me to describe it. It's a, it is a time loop movie, <laughs> a la Groundhog Day or Happy Death Day. Um, it stars Andy Samberg and Christian. Oh shoot! Did I need to see Happy Death Day? No. Nope. No, actually, you should have seen Happy Death Day too. Ugh, that's so, Happy Death Day Two is so bad. I disagree. Ugh, the first one's so good. The first one's so good. The second one was fine, but it's not as good as the first one. We watched them back to back, so I think that might have colored it. Oh, okay. Like, same night, back to back. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so it stars Andy Samberg and Kristen Miliotti? Miliotti? Mm-hmm. Mil- no. The I'm mother from but- How I Met Your Mother. I'm butchering her name. Um, and it's about them being stuck in a time loop that is on the same day as her sister's wedding. And they're stuck in a time loop. J.K. Simmons is also in it. He's also stuck in the time loop. <laughs> and June Squibb might also be t- stuck in the time loop, question mark. We will discuss that later. <laughs> Who is that? Is that the old woman? The grandmother. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, uh... she had that one line at the end where yep. you're like, yeah. wait a minute. Yep. Um, so I personally, I, am the one that told everybody else to watch it. Mm-hmm. Once again, I'm the driving force apparently of this episode. <laughs> um, Actually, yeah. I told everybody else to watch it because I watched it and I loved it. But, um, I first heard about this movie probably about a year ago when it premiered at Sundance mm-hmm. because one of the guys that I follow on Instagram, his wife was the DOP on the movie. Um, her name's Q Tran. She's married to uh, Sam Regal, who is one of the guys that is on Critical Role. Um, yeah. 
so she shot the movie so he was promoting it and i was like i i looked at the poster and i and i was like i'm sold like i i really like andy samberg i really like Kristen miliotti um so i was in so i didn't really watch anything or like read anything about it i just followed when it was coming out and it was supposed to come out in theaters earlier this year and then that didn't happen and it was just going to get a limited run because it was originally it's a hulu original but it was going to get a limited run it was supposed to come to boston and i was going to go see it because i was really interested and then that you know there's a pandemic or something going on so i couldn't do that they they did show it they did do an la premiere at drive-in theaters um i wish i could have gone to that but nope um so i watched it like at 2 a.m on the friday that it came out because it dropped at midnight so i i put it on at like 2 a.m and i watched it and i i loved it like i i was expecting like a silly like comedy mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. Andy Samberg plays Andy Samberg where he's just like over the top and ridiculous and you do get some of that but it was surprisingly sweet in its like themes and the tone and like the moral I guess at the end of the movie and I really found myself quite smitten with it by the mm-hmm. end like I immediately, because uh, it came out Friday before we recorded our last episode. So on the last episode, I told you guys to yep. watch it. Yep. It might have been after the episode. Yep. And then I was talking to Brian about it. I was like, we're going to talk about Palm Springs. And he was like, what's that? And I was like, it's a movie. Do you want to watch it? And he was like, uh, I don't know. And I was like, I'll watch it with you. And he was like, okay so we watched it together i like i was immediately ready to watch it again and i watched it less than a week later and i still loved it mm-hmm. um what are your guys takes i thought this movie uh subverted the expectations i had quite expertly um the the editing of this film is incredibly tight which it has to be for something like this and the way that it, it shifts point of view between Andy Samberg's character and Christian Meliani's character is so like perfectly done that like you don't even realize that you are you have shifted that that tone or that point POV until like three minutes later you're like oh yeah that's right he's in this movie too or she's in this movie too um and like the the whole because it's so they never actually say Groundhog's Day but like everybody knows the concept of a time loop movie and they kind of like inherently know the rules. So right. the, the, the movie doesn't spend a whole lot of time explaining that or like having like that, that period of discovery. It does have the, the fun and games portion of it, which is always a blast yeah. in these types of yeah. movies. Like how can we play with this premise? How can we, whatever. Um, I really, really liked the, the the characters and their 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 relationship that grew so organically and beautifully, um, and it was uh, overall I really enjoyed this movie. It was fantastic. I think um, I think one thing that you hit on is like the way that it plays with something that we as an audience already understand. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I loved most was the fact that we're getting 
two things that we usually get in like a, a Groundhog's Day is the the playing around with the fact that you're in a time loop and trying to figure out what's going on. But you get it juxtaposed next to each other because you have two characters, one that's been in the time loop for forever and one that's been just in the time loop. So you have them like kind of playing the antithesis of each other like one of them's like how do i get out what am i doing while the other one's just fucking around and like having them play off of each other as like foils in that kind of way was really interesting and it was a way to like teach you kind of the basis of this time loop movie without feeling stale Mm -hmm. i liked that it it, it like the the reason for the time loop was this like weird earthquake thing in this yep. cave opening but like they don't explain it there's it's yep. just it's just there it's part of the world and it exists and i like when movies are just like yeah you're along for the ride yep. this is this is how this works and i'm like okay yep. i'm in yeah, all right th- that's not important to the story yeah. that's being told it's just a right. it's the macguffin mm-hmm. of the movie yeah right the story is about like human emotions mm-hmm. and who the fuck cares about like and why they're stuck in a time loop. It j- all that matters is that you care about the characters. My my favorite line that Andy Samberg says at one point because uh, Kristen Milioti's character kind of doesn't go start going off the deep end, but she starts to like lose her grip with her humanity at at one yep. point, and and he's he's talking about how like. Yes, these people around you aren't going to remember your actions, but you're going to have to live with them. That was the most poignant point Mm -hmm. of that movie to me. And it's interesting because, like, uh, as humans, uh, often we have our own, like, internal thoughts and our own internalization of what is happening around us. And so having, like, the the idea of, like, you could have done something terrible and uh, no one else in the world will know about it, but you as a human will have to live with that knowledge and of what your actions did and who they affected and, and what that means for you as a, as a person. And, you know, right. like th- this movie didn't get super religious, but like your, your soul or like your, your essence right. as a human, like your, your, your humanity. Um, so that was the moment that really kind of like stuck out to me and, and I actively loved it. Brian, how about you? You've nice. been uh, relatively quiet on this. Uh, yeah, I, um, <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was like a B minus. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, it was fine. It like it didn't strike me in the same way that I. It, it sounds like it struck you guys, which I'm glad that it it struck you in that way. But I, it didn't really like do anything super special for me. I guess mm-hmm. like I was sort of just like, this is a fun ride, right? You know? It's much better than Wedding Crashers, which was the last movie that Alex invited me to watch. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Alex, what the fuck? I've actually never seen Wedding Crashers Wedding all the way Crashers through. Wedding Crashers is okay. fine. It, does it hold it up? Well. Does it we hold up? It for the, we watched it for no. the 15th anniversary, and it did not uh, age well. Not at all. I, I, I was talking earlier t- about how I watched video essays. I literally watched, like, two hours ago, one on how comedy in itself is, like, it does not age well properly yep. in general it's ephemeral it, yeah and, and because it's very much of the time and it's one of the only like art forms that the people who are making it know that they are not making something that's permanent which is right. really interesting to me well which is why mm. it's so interesting when there are lasting comedies yes. like there there are comedies that have like groundhog's day incredibly yeah, I well watch groundhog's day we just than, want than palm springs yeah Sorry, go for oh, it. Sorry, I was going to say, we just watched like Airplane, and where some of the mm-hmm. jokes are kind of like, oh, maybe that's not 
you know, yep. cool today. But a lot of the jokes still hold up, and it's still funny. Yep. Or we watched totally. um, Blazing Saddles last year. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, I think laughed my ass off the whole time. Yep. I think Mel Brooks is like mm-hmm. the epitome of comedy that holds up over time. Yeah. I I that man he w- he's always been a genius, but as I get older, mm-hmm. I like recognize his genius even more. I'm just like, holy shit, that man's a national treasure. Which is well, really interesting because a lot like of I his stuff is. Last, last <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, a lot of his stuff is um, parody based and uh, like pop culture based, and so yeah. it's interesting when you have a parody slash pop culture. Um, movie that can hold the test of time it's either i think didn't we talk i feel like we just talked about this like it's it's test or maybe it was us with airplane i don't remember but like it's testament you know because airplane did a saturday night fever uh parody in it and it's like you can have that versus like you if you watch like the scary movie movies like there's a sequence where they're doing like the nike basketball commercial or they parody the was up stuff or like Mm -hmm. They, they'll, it's like just like a really quick reference to pop culture, as a, but they're like fleeting and ephemeral as opposed right. to something like um, when Spaceballs parodied Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars is like a pillar like of, of movies. All and, of cowboy movies. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> yeah. generic yeah. cowboy movies or even like young Frankenstein, like the right. classic universal horror archetypes. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. That, yeah. That, that's because. They are par or like now we're just talking about Mel Brooks. Yeah. Mel Brooks was parodying <laughs> parodying things that were like not just zeitgeist, but were already yeah. basically history. Yeah. yeah. So or like history itself. So so it doesn't yeah. matter. Part yeah, one. history of the world. Uh, Part one. But like, but then there are all the like shitty parody movies that came out when we were in like high school and yeah. a little before that. None of those are going to age well because yeah. they were parodying zeitgeist things. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, in a time capsule, it's interesting to look at. Like, if I go through and watch every movie that came out in 2002, maybe it'll be interesting that Scary Movie parodied something or Scary Movie 2, yeah. whatever yeah. one or like of those. Epic came... Movie, Date Movie, right. all of those epic bullshit movie, ones. Epic Movie, Disaster Movie. Uh, meet the Spartans superhero movie all these shitty shitty like absolutely awful movies like they're trying to cash in on the same thing that Mel Brooks did but doing it really like poorly and like lazily and and, and speaking of cash-ins like Palm Springs in no way felt like like a cash-in on the idea it felt like a a, a very like um, the story that was being told was not uh like we was not like super bogged down in the uh the setting of a time loop and it more had fun right. with it as opposed to like was trying to exploit it i yep. was worried that it was gonna take i'm glad it didn't i was worried it was gonna take like an extremely dark turn with like the torture stuff like i was right. like oh, i hope this isn't like the path they go down as like this becomes like a thriller or something right I like like a comedy thriller because yeah. like I I never thought it was gonna be a thriller, but oh Tiffany was about to talk. I'm sorry. Go finish your thought. Um, like I for a second I did t- think it was gonna take like a Happy Death Day kind of turn where where they're stuck in a time loop, but this person keeps getting murdered over and over again, which Happy Death Day does great and hilariously. Um, but. I haven't seen that one. Having kind of already known that there were two leads and one was male and one was female, I knew that it was going to be like one of them is 
kind of sherping the other person through how to live in a time loop. I didn't know which way it was going to be until I started watching the movie, mm-hmm. but uh, it was very clear of what the dynamic was the moment the movie started. But um, Tiffany, you had something you wanted to say. I I liked, I lost my thought. Oh, I'm um, so sorry. It's okay. No, 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 I got it back. I liked talking about tonal shifts and all that. There was a point during this movie, like it starts out pretty Andy Samberg-y and I love Andy yep. Samberg. Yeah. I think he's just delightful and adorable. Um, but there was a point in this movie and I was like, this now starts to feel like, uh, not garden state, but like an indie movie where now we're talking about life and, and themes about life. And, and I liked it and it really naturally went from like a kind of a funny, you know, movie where Andy Samberg's doing all this shit at this wedding and, and, you know, giving his speech and and doing all that kind of silly stuff. And then it kind of just shifts into like, Hey, like there are consequences for your actions. And that's an important Mm -hmm. like thing to highlight too, because that's one of the things in most romance movies, I think they don't get that right. Like, and this romance felt much, much more natural and correct because it was sort of touching on like, here's here's how we see the world. And they use the time loop as like the, I don't know, the framing for that, yeah, which was right. clever. And like that worked really well for, for bringing the audience into their romance. Yep. Oh, my, oh, nope, Tiffany, go. Sorry. I was just going to say the <laughs> other thing that I enjoyed about it is at every time, and Dwight had done this, he was like, oh, when she wakes up in her in her room the next day or whatever, she's looking at something or someone and I'm like, no. Right. And like throughout every reset, there's like these little inklings of like, cause you're, cause you can do things without, or so you think without consequence. So like there's one point where the wedding happens and, and Kristen Milioti's character like whispers something to her sister and she like has an absolute breakdown. And then like you start seeing all of these other things that happen. And you're like, Oh, and right. then there's this like moment where you go, oh, okay, this is what's my, happening. um, my personal favorite mm-hmm. part of the movie, and I think it speaks to what Tiffany was just talking about, was when Andy Samberg goes out to visit J.K. Simmons' character, and they're sitting in the backyard, and J.K. Simmons, his character, is talking... Roy, I think, was his name. Yep. He's he's talking about how, um, like how hard it is to live in a time loop where you can never see your kids grow up, and how lucky Andy Samberg's character is... Niles, Niles, Niles Niles is for having somebody to go through this with because Roy's going through this alone and Niles has somebody else. And it's such like this heartwarming or not heartwarming, but it's such this like this personal and just great scene, like drama scene. And then Andy, Andy Samberg looks at him and goes, so you want to kill me one last time so I can beat the traffic? And I'm just like, that is what this movie is in a nutshell. Like that scene is a microcosm of this movie. It is just, it's like these really great sentimental moments that talk about real shit and then some comedy. And, and, and the, the great thing about it, that joke too is it's talk about it in like a, um, I don't know, in a too big sense. Right, and right. Like it keeps it, personal which helps yep. a lot yeah it, it doesn't get too preachy i think yeah. is kind of like what you're getting at it's it talks about it i mean like like every sort of media i think you're supposed to take away themes and morals 
like if they're done well. Uh, <laughs> um, and I think if they get too preachy, you kind of go, okay, you hit the nose a little too hard on the head, like back off. Um, I'm looking at you, Spike Lee. Um, but this movie was, I think it was really good. It had nose, head, yeah. Yes. Uh, um, one of my favorite things about that that joke that you just said about the oh you want to kill me so I can beat traffic it it also speaks to um like the subtle world building that it did yep. in, in the sense that like these characters have become so like familiar with the the time loop that like they're they're willing to just like check out of a day by yep. fucking killing themselves just so they don't have to deal with the traffic on the way home, which I think is yep. either speaking to a little bit of the human condition, but also, like I said, it's like a great world building exercise. And yep. it, there's really subtle things about like that, that that's great. It was good. It was a really good yeah, movie. So personally, I'm, I'm sure I liked it the most out of all of us. I loved this movie. Like I really, oh. truly loved this movie. Oh, Tiffany. I with no without spoilers, I wish the ending was different. I wish it was a little bit more like ambiguous. Okay. That's all okay. I'll say. But I, I yeah. Is that I, too spoilery? No. Okay. I could have dealt with an ambiguous ending, but I also liked the way that it yeah. ended. Yeah. I really I, thought they were going to go with an ambiguous one, and that's what I was fully like bracing for. Mm-hmm. And then when they didn't, I was like, "Oh, okay, okay." Um, you don't know yeah. what I just said. You don't know what I, just I have said no idea what you just said. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I heard like the last like three words, and I went, "Oh, okay." Uh, what I said was, while I was watching that, I was bracing for an ambiguous ending, and so when oh. I didn't get one, I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, I. There are movies that I like where when they have ambiguous endings. I tend to like movies that are really philosophical or um, or like really uh, emotionally heavy when they have ambiguous endings. Uh, this one didn't feel that way, so I w- I was fine either way. Like if it had an ambiguous ending, that's fine. If it had what it had a very clear cut ending, I yes. think I was also fine with that. Like I, yeah, the the I ending don't think like either way. All, yeah. I like that they also used the the character's motivation really well yep. to to give them a reason for solving it the way that they did right you now mm-hmm. yep. because um, like one of the questions i had was like you know when i when she first started trying to figure out how to solve the problem like i was like oh well why didn't he just do this and then you start thinking about their characters and like it answers itself pretty right within right the movie. but yeah it's um i think they did that well I think that this ending worked um, overall because uh, sometimes when you have like philosophical movies, you want that ambiguous ending because then like you're taking a stance if you have yep. one that's not like um, like a good ambiguous ending. I think is like um, lost in translation at the end, right. like what he said to her and like what that means for like your life and everything. So this having like a, a concrete ending, um, it it, it kind of has the best of both worlds because there's still some things that are left open, um, especially like what you were saying, Alex, earlier with maybe the grandma character. Yeah, uh, that yeah. was interesting, and and there was that moment of being like, how many people here actually are 
kind of right, right. Stuck. And you know what's interesting too is like when when he goes back and starts talking about like so oh man like timey wimey stuff. So he talks about like he, he so he Andy Samberg has like pulled Roy into it, which is interesting because. Like, at what point does Roy get pulled in? Because it's not the original time that Andy Samberg got pulled in. It's on one right. of his infinite loops. So, like, how many infinite, infinite timelines are there? Oh, wow. That just started to hurt my head. Ouch. Yeah. It, it hurts when you start to think about things like this. So, yeah. So Goddamn. Not... Ow. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Per, I think we all can say that this is a good movie and worth seeing. We'll give it the right? no refund stamp of approval. Oh, it gets Tiffany's stamp of approval, I think is what she said. Or no. tramp stamp of approval. I, no, I, don't... I think she said no refund stamp of approval. No refund stamp of approval. Okay. And she's fisting the screen. Um, I she's can stamping. give it my solid better than wedding crashers. <laughs> How many movies fall into that category, Brian? Probably most. <laughs> um. I would say it's one of the best movies I've seen that came out this year, which isn't saying much because there haven't been a lot of movies that came out this year. But uh, I think I have it at number two behind The Invisible Man. So, um, Speaking of infinite time loops, uh, yeah. in this past week, since I learned I was going to be on the podcast, um, I watched, I think, five different versions of Scott Pilgrim versus the world. <laughs> Five Wait. different um, versions of it. Okay. Sort of. So it all started with, they did a charity table read recently. Um, yep. The cast and, and the writer and the original writer of the comic books all were on a table read raising money for charity. Uh, so I watched that, which was like basically the full movie read through um, with some intermissions for like drawings and things like that. And yep. that was a lot of fun. I loved it. I, I also watched it. It was great. <laughs> then I went to, I have the DVD. So I went to that and I looked up the commentaries and I watched all the commentaries plus the original movie with the trivia track. So yeah. So I've seen it like, I don't know, five times. <laughs> Is it better <laughs> than wedding crashers? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> okay. Just checking. By like just a checking. pretty big margin. I would say for me, it's better than Palm Springs, but like, you know, it's everyone their their own. It's a great movie. So yeah, I love it. Do you want to yeah. talk about how we had rewatched it? I I feel or, like we have talked about that on the podcast before, but um, I know Brian. Part of the reason you brought you're bringing this yeah. up is because uh, Tiffany and I have been, uh, I would say, notoriously vocal about our disappointment upon first seeing Scott Pilgrim. Mm -hmm. uh, when we first saw it, we saw it in theaters, and I think we both were a little bit. Um, I don't know if we weren't were in the right place in our lives dum but it, yeah dum dums works too because like i think we were both a little cynical about it because it, it felt very um i don't want to say manufactured but i was like eh, this isn't it, it just didn't feel as great as everybody was telling me it was yeah. and obviously um brian i'm sure you're in this boat as well like we both love video games and so people expect us to really like the video gamey thing oh, that I you're see. seeing mm -hmm. and so yeah. i felt like there was a lot of like not pressure yeah. but there was a lot there was a high expectation that this was going to be right up my alley and something that i really like can i can i just interject that at, the older i get the more i'm really aware of people being like oh you would love this and i'm like you don't even fucking know me so please don't tell me i would wow. love this unless I'm you are i'm never going to tell you no, that no, you would love but something see, <laughs> but but it 
it's from different people. There, yeah, are, there it. are people that I know that if they said you would love this, I would be like, cool. But there yep. are just like, it, it, like just random people that I encounter like day to day. Like, oh, you would love this. I'm like, ah, uh, we just met. I have no idea who you are. Why would you say that? <laughs> and I, it's not that um, I don't like people's recommendations, but I just hate that. Like, oh, oh, Dwight, you like, like you said, you like video games or like for so me, you must like you, this. you like nerdy things. You must love D and D. And I'm like, no, I don't. Yep. But it, it's mm. that type of stuff where yeah, you're just like, right, you right. feel where forced. People assume, yeah. 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 I, I kind of get that. It's like the Ready Player One problem, like for me, because a lot of people were like, "Oh, you're gonna love Ready Player One," and then I watch it and I'm like, "This was like a B minus movie." <laughs> like, oh like, wow! So Palm Springs you is would better. Put Ready Player One in the same spot as Palm Springs. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, Palm you Springs are is a, a B plus trash monster that nice. should be murdered. <laughs> it's just thought- a fun movie. It's a, whatever. It Ready was fine. When I liked Ready you know, I, I better I, than Wedding Crashers. I was not that big a fan. Well, obviously, I was not that big a fan of Ready Player One in the theaters, but I have reflected on it positively yeah, in the months like in the, in the years since then. I like it. Yeah, okay. I have fond yeah. memories of it, but yeah. that might be because they're. I will revisit it at some point, and we'll probably still hate it. I I have fond memories, but it might just be because I'm remembering things that I like. Like I yeah. like. Chucky and I like the Iron Giant and I like yeah. you like the squishy the ball with the eyeballs that yes. come out. So, wait a minute. So, Dwight and Tiffany, have you seen um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World anytime recently? Yeah, within the last year, actually. I, yeah, I think it was within the last year. Yeah, we oh, we, yeah? we we yeah. we we went through um, a mild Edgar Wright phase because we bought the Coronado trilogy on Blu-ray, and then after we finished yeah. that, we were like, let's we should revisit. Uh, Scott Pilgrim, because we were kind of on an Edgar Wright high, and it was like, well, we we didn't like this movie when it first came out, but we had watched something else that we we had revisited something else. I forget what, but we we had revisited it more positively, and so we were like, let's go back and let's rewatch it. And upon rewatch, I definitely liked it a lot more. Like I would have raised it from like a probably like a like a D plus to like a B minus. Like that's where it would have gotten up for me, more or okay. less. I agree. Okay. Um, have you guys watched Spaced? No, that's the Simon Frost, Nick Pegg, Edgar Wright uh, t- TV show, though, right? TV show, yeah. Uh, we have not seen it. I've heard it's good, though. If, if you guys ever want to watch it, it's really good. I own it on DVD. It's on Hulu, I thought. Or it was on one oh. of those streaming services at one well, point. Well, if you can stream it, then stream it. It's really good. Um. So for those, you'll really like it. I, I should have said that to <laughs> Tiffany. <laughs> Tiffany, Fuck you'll off. really like this. Fuck you, Alex. It's a B minus. It's a B. It's better than Wedding Crashers. Better than Wedding Crashers. <laughs> That's um, the name of this so... episode. Episode. It's gonna be better than Wedding Crashers. Yeah, Brian, this episode is absolutely better than Wedding <laughs> Crashers. For sure. Br- Brian, what's Scott Pilgrim about? Is that what you were about yeah. to do? Yeah, well, no, what I was gonna say. I mean, if people want to know a summary, I guess I could give. I it. I mean, it's like it's, a ten-year-old movie. It, it's a right it's based on a graphic novel that uh you know nerdy hero kid that goes through relationships that he sucks at the end i, I think like, i didn't like it so, because he was a douchebag like he was he was yeah. like scott really? pilgrim was an what? asshole in the movie and i had a hard time yep. connecting with him yeah he's an asshole for sure um wow. so yeah i don't know the the enjoyment of the movie is like the way it's made the choreography um, after watching all the commentaries, I will say the technical commentary was easily the best one um, because all the others, like 
so the 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 main commentary that's like director co-director and uh author of the original comic was mm -hmm. fine for like learning a little bit about pre-production and like mm -hmm. how it all how it all started Ooh. but the technical commentary was great because you got to learn about like how they did certain shots and everything yeah. um and there's some like really cool practical effects and there's some really cool film effects Ooh. in the movie they use something called VistaVision, which I learned about for the first time. Uh, you guys might know about that. It's like a wide format film oh. so that they don't have to pan. They can just edit it and move the film. Right. Like, oh, so that, that makes you sense. get cool shots. That's yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, and they, the, they did a practical effect. In, there's a shot where Scott Pilgrim goes to the bathroom and then like walks out into a high school hallway. That's a practical effect, which I did not know. Huh. Um, but they move the set behind him and then they open the door and he walks out into like a new sound stage. That's and it's cool. Just there. Anyway, so very I learned soft. a lot of cool things from the technical commentary. The cast commentaries, I do not recommend. Those eh. are worse than eh. Wedding Crashers. Worse than Wedding Crashers? Wow. Uh, that's harsh. I'd probably, <laughs> they're probably not worse than Wedding Crashers. Um, you know, one of the most interesting commentaries, sorry to derail that, uh, but one of the most interesting commentaries I ever listened to was the uh, the original, or the Star Wars commentaries when they had the special edition DVDs come out. Uh, because... Uh, what they did was they had like four or five different groups of people. So it was like the actors, the producers, whatever. And they all sat down and like, they all recorded their own individual commentaries, but they didn't offer them each individually. They just like took right. the best parts of them and put them over oh. the parts of the movie that oh, was like nice. most relevant to it. And that yep. was actually one of the better commentaries I've ever listened to because you're always hearing something interesting. That's yeah. oh. Sorry. That yeah. just okay. jumped out of me. That's, um, that that's was like, if we're just going to talk about random commentaries that we've listened to, uh, for me, I really like, um, and I know that you said it was uninteresting listening to the cast commentary for Scott Pilgrim. The cast commentary for the Lord of the Rings trilogy mm. is one of my favorite commentaries because I like Dwight was saying, they took down the entire cast and they recorded commentary for the whole oh. movie, but they only put over the stuff that was relevant. So like, when That's Elijah so Wood and Sean Astin are on screen, they are the commentary you're listening yeah. to, and they're giving you behind the like they're talking about like yeah i had slept for like 24 hours before we shot this scene so <laughs> that's the reason i i look really tired here and it sure. actually like played into how my character um, and they talk about shit like that and it's really interesting and like now you get that weird background information like the the thing that everybody knows about lord of the rings they're talking about like the oh, feet well, the day the day we filmed this scene is the day that Sean Bean climbed this mountain because he's afraid of getting in a helicopter. <laughs> and it's like, it's just fun shit like that. And they're talking about like what they brought to the character and why they did certain yeah. things. And I like, I, I love that. I, I, it makes me really curious where like the history of like DVD commentary or like, you know, movie commentary kind of started and where it took off. Cause I, yep. the only one, the first one I remember significantly was um was lord of the rings but you're right that the special editions before that like i had the special editions on vhs and i remember getting annoyed with them as a kid because i had to fast forward through are you talking about star wars they had like those little mini docks at the beginning of them 
Yes. Oh, I yeah. loved those. I loved See, those. I watched I them would, all the time. I would now, I think, yeah. but I fa- I fast forwarded through them as a kid, and I was like, oh, well, these are garbage. I I had um, my parents taped off of I think it was Showtime, uh, Ninja Turtles one and Ninja Turtles two. Like they taped them like back to back, but in between them there was like this little mini documentary about the making of the nin- both Ninja Turtles movies. Oh, and cool. so like in my mind, when I watch Ninja Turtles, that's like a core part of like <laughs> viewing the Ninja Turtles is like this yep. little mini documentary so about, funny. about the making of it. And so like, that's when I think about star Wars, I think about like them talking about adding all the extra features in because of the, the VHSs, which is funny yep. because that's the shit that the fandom fucking hates now is all oh, the stuff man. they added. But I am almost, like an apologist for it because I and I love it because of those VHSs. Just to to uh, fun fact, everybody, fun fact: uh, the first audio commentary uh, audio commentaries really originated on Criterion Collections, and uh, the first audio commentary was a Criterion Collection release of the original King Kong movie from 1933 um, when it was released on Laserdisc in 1984. That makes perfect <laughs> sense. That I love that. Yep, yep. that's awesome. Yep. Wow. Laserdiscs, man. I still own a bunch of them. Really? Oh, I've n- I've only watched Laserdisc once in my life, and it was during college. It was. Oh, and, that class and, was so good. And we had a college professor who had such a boner for Laserdisc. He was like, he he would bring in his massive Laserdisc and like make a big deal when he had to flip them in the middle of the movie. He'd be like, hold on, yeah. my Laserdisc needs to be flipped right we now. We watched some really good movies in that class, though. The the special special yeah, features of like. <laughs> of movies i need to watch more of them because i every one that i've watched for for a movie or franchise that i like is like fascinating because like even like the newer star wars got shit on a lot but i am kind of excited for like the special edition version of like the most recent rise of of skywalker Skywalker. uh, to come out because I bought the special edition like digital versions on Amazon or whatever for the other two, mostly because like I was just curious, like all the practical effects and everything that go into them. Yeah. And it's just fascinating. It's like incredible to watch how those things are made. And like it made the movies better because like the movies weren't great. And like, I mean, they weren't terrible or anything. They're, you know, the minus maybe. <laughs> is everything a B minus to you? No. This, this episode's title is B minus better than Wedding Crashers. Um, but yeah, they were they were good movies. Like, but the special features just make them so much more interesting. Um, yeah, and Lord of the Rings, same thing. Like, yeah, watching the extended editions of Lord of the Rings with all the like extra commentaries and things, like it's incredible to see how much work goes into those. Things. I, I, I agree with you. And it's to the point now where I can understand like not picking up a physical media if it doesn't have like any of those special features. Uh, I was just recently on um, Writer's Bagel Basket with Scott Curlin and we watched uh, Color Out of Space, which I talked about in the last episode. But uh, when I was talking with Scott about it, he was I was like, oh, I picked up the movie. He was like, oh, what does it have for special features? And I was like, oh, it's got some behind the scenes stuff and whatever. He was like, that's not enough to make me want to go out and yeah. buy this. Yeah. Like you, right. they now they they should have those type of things in order to like entice people to want to purchase a physical copy of something as opposed to just yeah. Yeah. streaming. Because I mean, like, or... otherwise, I would just rent it on on whatever streaming like service. Redbox or yeah. on a streaming service. Yeah, I. That surprises me that people don't want to do commentary or behind the scenes, even just for like preservation and, and posterity and like 
Yep. You know what I mean? There's such a, like, I mean, the way that movies are made now is so different than movies were made, you know, historically, like, you know, when they first started and like, you know, even like 20 years ago. But like, you would think that you would want to keep a record of, you know, how you felt in that moment when you were making that movie, um, you know, what types of things you were using, what types of technology and just having like a record of that. I yep. think that that would be reason enough to do it. Like not even so much for fans, but just, or, or to entice people to buy it or watch it, but like to just preserve that. Yep. We, we also make two hour long podcasts. I so I think that we understand and like those reasons. Yeah. I so. know. Cool. cool. So Brian, what was your favorite part of Scott Pilgrim? <laughs> What was your favorite part? He of said, Scott "What Pilgrim? was your favorite?" Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's like I, it's like I even understood him. Come on, man. Okay, my favorite part of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Um, I would say, um, I don't know. That's a good question. Comedy or action? Uh, the part that you deem better than a B minus. So okay. uh, both. So, the whole movie. <laughs> okay. So my favorite act. comedy bit is the telephone call between Brie Larson and Scott Pilgrim, I think. Perfect. Um, I think that's my favorite, like, comedy moment in the movie, although there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of good ones. My favorite action bit uh, is the fight between Scott and Lucas Lee. Um, the stuntman one? Yes, yeah, yes. that one. Um, just because you get, like, really clear... Although the Matthew Patel fight is great too, but the, I think the Lucas Lee one, you get to see a lot of like actual Michael Sarah doing things mm -hmm. uh, mixed with digital stunt, you know, or digital whatever fixing as well as stuntmen who replace him. Right. Um, and then my favorite combination of both is the fight scene between Ramona and Roxy slash Ramona Scott and Roxy because right. it's funny and it actually has a lot of really good action and they kept some really good athletics from the female actor like the the two actresses um the i learned from the commentary the axe kick that ramona does to roxy in that scene that's real like she actually did that axe kick um cool. and then the the fall was like uh, they weren't actually that close or anything but she did the real axe kick and the actual fall was was a real thing as well and yep. then they composited it somehow i guess that's cool yeah Sweet. which is i was like what the fuck like and roxy does an axe kick too when she has the worst line in the movie but also the one that makes me laugh uh which is your bf your bf's about to get effed in the b <laughs> yeah. yeah it's the best line in the movie it's the worst line but also <laughs> the best line <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad we agree um but and she does an axe kick there and um she she can actually kick above her head too uh but i learned she has a fake leg for that shot too so she can she she literally does the motion uh and then they zoom in on her face and she's just holding <laughs> <fake> <laughs> which is incredible uh because awesome. part of why i learned that was from the table read yeah. because in the table read i don't know if you remember this alex yep she has the the fake leg in the table read and then she like does it it's hilarious it's great i i will say that one of my kind of i mean obviously the quarantine sucks and everything that's going on in the world is terrible but the the that type of like 
uh, the table read things and like the way they've been doing like some of like the the Zoom Comic Con stuff has been really cool. Uh, a neat way for um, entertainment like this to to be reached out and still be created and, and connecting with the fans. I feel like yeah. right now a lot of like. Um, you know, like personalities like that are like closer to their fan bases than ever, which is a For really, sure. really cool um, byproduct of yeah. this terrible, shitty time. Yeah. Can we like do a quick like, what are your favorites that have come out of this kind of deal? Like, you know, if you can't think of one, fine. But like, two of my favorites are Patrick Stewart reading sonnets on Twitter, uh, <laughs> which is incredible. <laughs> He's just reading Shakespeare sonnets. Uh, the other one is um, the Lord of the Rings reunion on mm. youtube was incredible yep. fine i guess i don't get to answer yeah that. alex do you oh. have one that, i mean that was obviously mine oh, that sorry. was mine guys uh, uh, my answer cut is that part be, when you edit this. No, my answer is gonna be a douche answer and i'm gonna say mine is a piece of media that was made via zoom and released it was a a tv show starring david tennant and michael sheen and it's about that they play themselves and their wives play themselves. And it's about um, they were supposed to do a play in London and it got canceled because of the pandemic. And the director calls them and goes, hey, we should still do rehearsals so we can open whenever we're allowed to, but do the rehearsals on Zoom. And it's about how fucking awful that is. <laughs> That's funny. I, I liked the uh, the Parks and Rec one. That one was really cute, too. Yeah. Tiffany, what's your answer? Oh, don't make me say it. I'm talking about fandoms. I have gotten really sucked into the all-time low happy hours. Oh, yeah? They had an album that came out in April. And for a while, every week they were doing like a happy hour on Twitch. And I got yep. really... I got really invested in that. I have a question. That sounds I, like a lot of fun. It was, oh, goddamn good was like... that uh, transition, by the yeah. way. Sorry. Yeah. It's, oh, I didn't hear anything Dwight just said. Same. He, he okay, said... he just waved his hand. I was going to say, that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, it it might be a lot of fun to be on <laughs> that podcast. That's the, that's the transition I was trying to go for. <laughs> and that's what I said. I said, how goddamn good was my transitions? Um, oh, can I do the backstory for this one? Yes, please. So, yes. So, I am uh, I am no stranger to talking about my love of All Time Low. Don't judge me for my love of a band. Um, so, um, so they've been doing happy hours as a band, but then um, years and years and years ago, this is, I wasn't involved in the fandom so much like years and years ago, just a fan of the music. But I guess years ago, two of the members of All Time Low, um, Alex Gaskarth and Jack Baccarat, 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 Jack Baccarat, he's playing his fucking piano. Oh my God. <laughs> Words. It's like James Bond. It's like, yeah. Um, <laughs> so they, they had a podcast like way back, back before podcasting was a thing um, called Full Frontal that kind of phased out. Um, and then in quarantine times they were like all right we're bringing back the podcast so these two guys um in all time low they brought back their podcast under a new name crash test live um because full frontal is now another show i guess okay uh i it's something i don't know but they couldn't use the name so they've called it something different and they they um the thing that's cool about crash test live it's a podcast but they record it live um on twitch 
So there's um, lots of interaction with chat. Um, yep. They play games. They do different segments. It's a very different podcast than like what we do, where we just kind of shoot the shit. They have like a very right. segmented kind of thing. Right. Um, so one of the cool things about um, Crash Test Live is that they have games that people oh, yeah? can apply to be on. One of them is called Are You Smarter Than Jack Barracat, Not Bacharach. <laughs> um, but they're, you know, it's, it's a trivia game. So I encouraged Dwight to apply to be on the show um, mm-hmm. just because every person that's been on the show so far is, is a female. The, the fan base skews very female. And um, I was like, oh, you're, you submitting something would probably stand out. And also you're fucking hilarious. So like, why not? Um, so <laughs> he just puts his, he is funny. Um, so he, did it. He he made a video. He made this he spent yeah. like eight hours on a Saturday making this video, um, video submission, and um I'll let you take it from there. The, hey. the video was fucking hilarious. Oh, have you seen it? I would just like to say just the part that they showed on the show. Oh, 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 oh. I, I only saw the part that was on the show. Sorry. But... I can show you the full video after this. I'll yeah. I'll, I'll link showed... to the full video in our in the description. What they showed was quintessential Dwight yeah. and yeah. Yeah. I was I was laughing and I was just like, of course, like if they saw this, how could they not? Yeah, like, exactly. Was, oh yeah. So yeah, I, I made the video like Tiffany said in like a day, and it was like so much fun to make. It was just like me just like dicking around and like you know having like multiple restarts, having like I wrote a very very like light script of like yeah. the few things that I wanted to hit and just like kind of you know, like told about me and whatnot. And it was like it was a really cool experience. Every like. This is when I was talking earlier about like having like very um, self doubt and like a lot of like self deprecating stuff. Like th- it was this moment where like I made something, I put a lot of time and effort to it, and I sent it out into the void. And I was like, I'm never going to hear back from them because right. why the fuck would I? Who 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 yeah. cares about me? Yeah, who cares? And then last Wednesday, uh, the day after we recorded this pod, uh, the last episode, mm-hmm. I got an email and like so we started talking back and forth, and they were like, Hey, can you meet us? No, it was last Tuesday, sorry. Tuesday, but it was yeah. like, Hey. So it was right before we recorded. Um, it was like, hey, can you meet us, uh, meet with us for a Zoom meeting so that way we can um, chat and see if you are, are a good fit, basically. And I did that. It went swimmingly. It was super fun. They were like, we would love to have you on it. And so I was... I got to sit behind, uh, so I, I like joined this like virtual lobby where I like was watching the show, and I was kind of in like this standby green room, and they like pulled me into it uh, for the actual thing. And the 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 guys seemed to fucking love my submission, yeah. and yep. uh, so it was interesting because um, while watching the show and being on it, uh, they just kind of played the video, and that's what the the video version of it is is just like me, like the video of me. Um, doing my stuff but if you listen to the audio version of it they have their reactions to it like live as it's going and they yeah. were they were laughing quite a bit and when it got to the point where like i, I was talking about like my like, video games and i showed all yep. my nintendo's like one of them was just like holy shit yeah, <laughs> which <laughs> made me feel funny yeah. uh yeah it was it was overall like a, a really really fun cool experience and while i was on it i i didn't want to do this because I didn't want to be like a hack fraud, but I got to plug yeah. no refunds. Yeah. So if anybody yeah. who was listening to that show uh, found us through it, 
Thank you very much for coming. I and hope you've us, enjoyed yourself. Let us know. I'm, Send us I'm an email. I'm sorry that you've been listening to us for like two and a half hours. <laughs> Before <laughs> we even to remotely touched on this. Yeah. Yeah. No, but really, it really would be cool to hear like from people if anybody yeah. actually crossed over. Right. Like, so definitely email uh, no refunds podcast yes. at gmail.com. Yes. That's exactly it. He's and, our fourth member. And when the one of the cool things was, so I, I played the game, I won, spoiler alert, uh, three to two, I think it was. Yeah. It was really, really was fun, close. really close. It was, close. it was like a legitimately good trivia game, like because it wasn't wasn't like there it wasn't a blowout win or yeah. a blowout loss. Right. But um as we were signing off, I I thanked them, blah blah blah, and I think they enjoyed me because uh, as I was going out, uh, Alex was like, "And have us on your podcast." So <laughs> Tiffany has the audio, so it is real. I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna edit it in here. Also has a podcast. Shout out to your podcast. The podcast is called No Refunds. Um, so while I have no idea what it's about, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and officially endorse it right here and hope that it's not something terrible. Uh, <laughs> how could that possibly go wrong? Uh, and you also, you mentioned here, you have your own podcast called No Refunds. Um, yeah, we don't need to talk about that if you guys don't want. I feel like a shill or something like a... Like no, 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 not at all, not at all. This, like, you, gotta, you gotta hype it up. You got a promo right now. What's uh, what's the deal? What do you what do you guys talk about? What is Well, this? as a standard nerd, we talk about standard nerd bullshit. It's, you know, movies, TV, uh, video games, whatever uh, is in the pop culture right now, which is not very much at the moment, because, right. you know, everything's yeah. more locked now. But we actually, uh, doing this submission uh, inspired me to record another episode. So we do have one coming out soon whenever hell I yeah know. what's it about uh this newest one uh we go into horror movies we talk about um i don't really remember what else we talked about it it's kind of like in one year out the other one you're recording it i'm sure you guys experienced that as well got a great horror movie for you to watch it's called what's tusk <laughs> i've oh, seen it no. Kevin you see, i have yeah you've seen that, tusk uh, yeah it was nice. uh, it was a movie <laughs> it is a film yeah. it, uh, it checks all the yeah. boxes of movie Absolutely. Cool. There's motion pictures um, and everything. Well, that's rad. Yeah, everybody uh, everybody listening, watching all around the world, uh, go check out No Refunds Podcast. I feel like it would be pretty entertaining. It's been <laughs> great having you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for uh, making the effort to do such a creative submission. That's awesome. We love that oh, stuff. Like, that's, yeah, that's what that's really makes cool. stand out. So, yeah, man. It was an absolute um, blast. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank it's you, Dwight. Phenomenal. And uh, it's super fun to watch every week. So keep up. Hell, yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you so much. Stay safe, man. We'll see you out there. Be careful. And uh, you guys too. have us on your podcast. Sure, if you want. Let's, I we'll love talking about stuff. Let's do it. All right. Take care. No see you. I refuse to allow somebody with my name <laughs> to also be on the podcast. So... <laughs> Um, like you're gonna have to bow out, is what you're saying. I mean, I'm wow. either gonna have to not be on the episode, or I'm gonna have to put my foot down and say no refunds can't continue going if you're gonna have another Alex on. Wow, that's uh, <laughs> wow. He's oh. he's throwing like a full wow. hissy fit prima donna wow. over here, but that's wow. that's fine. No, I totally understand. You've been here since the beginning, and it yeah. was nice having you. Yeah, so no uh, bye. <laughs> I am more important than all-time low. Famous, actual famous people. It's very, You're talking to Tiffany here. It's very important to establish that Crash Test Live is not all, oh, an all-time low okay. podcast. All-time I'm low very, is their side project. I'm more important than any of the members of all-time low. I don't disagree wow, with that. Wow. That's shots I'm fired. Shots fired. Um, at least in my mind, that's true. <laughs> is it is that a B minus or a B plus? Think so. But I did wow. like that. I mean, they had great sense of humor. Yeah, they were oh. fucking great. Like we really like we were on like super similar wavelengths is how I would describe it. Oh, like nice. I think that you guys would get along with them amazingly well as well. Like there was just like 
super chill, yeah. like, you know, relatively nerdy, knew knew what they were talking about, which is like the fun part about that type of stuff. So it well, was it was a blast. The thing that is I knew nothing about James Bond though, so yeah. I don't think I could get along with them. Alex, do you know about <laughs> James Bond? Uh oh, I mean, you're mission I, impossible. I, I, I knew the golden eye. I knew the answer was golden eye. <laughs> I knew the answer was Ernest Blofeld because that actor was Donald Pleasance, and I know oh. everything about Donald Pleasance. The, the, the Blofeld question was the easiest of the James Bond questions. It was, the and they gave I it to fucking him. The one I didn't know Take was Jackson's the one flag. that you got wrong. I, or you guessed Jaws, which I knew was wrong, or somebody guessed Jaws. I guessed Jaws, but that was just because I knew he had a metal mouth, so I was like maybe right. he has a metal arm as I, well. I knew it wasn't Jaws. I thought it, I guessed the top one, went, and the answer it was, was the, the bottom, bottom one. one. Yeah. Um, I feel a little yeah. stupid about the salt question, but I think that I at least logic my way into something that made sense. Because yeah. I said I it would stay there. Run out to the kitchen and get a cup of water and dump salt <laughs> in. That's what I should have done. Like, hold on, give <laughs> hold me 20 on, minutes. Experiment here. Um, but yeah, it, it was like Brian and I were hanging out in Discord like we have been all week. And I was like, uh huh, huh. Dwight was on um, Crash Test Live. And Brian was like, what? And I was like, apparently some guys from All Time Low have a podcast and he was on it. And Brian was like, what? And I was yeah. like, let me send you the link. So I sent it to him and we watched it together. And we were like, holy shit, Dwight is on a like podcast that people actually listen to <laughs> yeah it, it was, was pretty legit it was great too so i kind of sat in the corner and kind of watched because i didn't want to fuck it up but i was um i was watching it on my phone so i was watching the chat and the chat yeah. fucking loved him they were oh, like yeah. we stand Dwight. we love Dwight. Yeah. dwight's the new member like it was just nice. like so fun to see that I mean, oh, nice. how can you not like dwight it's yeah i mean he has his moments yeah, but sure. I mean, he's lovable. He is lovable. He's, he's a little teddy bear. Wedding crush. <laughs> <laughs> he's a solid B minus. <laughs> I don't disagree with that. I'll take that. That's that's more than acceptable. He's got a nice butt, though. Oh. Yeah, he's got quite the dump. Yeah. <laughs> like An absolute dump truck. Dumps ass. like a truck. truck <laughs> but he's truck. got a rat tail. That's like what? 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 Baby All that long. Let me see that Oh, uh, I, I was on three podcasts this last week within 48 hours of themselves. Like ours released, Scott's released, and then All Time Low released. It was crazy. <laughs> no, 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 not All Time Low. Sorry. Very that important. Is, that is my shorthand for... Ugh. And then Crash Test Live. Yeah. There, Crash done. Test Live. What were you going to say, Brian? Sorry, you were, I interrupted you. Oh, nothing. Nothing important. I was just going to try and make a terrible segue into whatever else we were going to talk about. Well, so we well, did We did have Ghosts of Tsushima on the docket, but okay. uh, it is 11.08, and I, I, I'm going to cut this because uh, yeah. I'm going to call it because I don't think we have time. Um, I well, have yeah, work tomorrow. I was going to say, we, we need to have a full conversation about this game, okay. and yeah. we're not going to like rush it. Can we it. make a supplementary episode? Yeah. We totally like could. Yeah, if you guys want to. An episode fifty three B minus. Yes, if you guys want, we can totally like get together tomorrow or um, like Thursday or some other time this week, and we can we can talk it out. Yeah, cool. So is that it? So, you, so <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> okay. Um, How do we end? Fuck this? off. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, wow. I think we I... found our stinger. Yes. Wow. <laughs> uh, well, thank you guys very much for uh, joining us, for listening on this uh, another episode of No Refunds. Thank you, Brian, so much for uh, coming on. It was uh, oh, sure. a, it was a B minus as always to have you here. <laughs> yeah, uh, give, I... or, give or take. 
I love being on these things. Yeah. It's always great. And it's like, I never get to like, I don't, I feel like I haven't seen you guys as much as I normally would, especially yeah. during the summer. Yeah. Cause like, I don't know. Yeah, you're usually up you or we, yeah, you, we, we have some the, sort of visits at some point, but or, or you're yeah. down, yeah. but, but yeah, so this was a uh, great to catch up. Um, so thank you all very much. Uh, once again, uh, we are no refunds. You can email us at no refunds podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we've been checking it more regularly now. So go I, on and send us some questions. I also restarted the Instagram. Yes. So yes, we're back did. on Instagram at no refunds podcast. Yep. And we have a Facebook no refunds podcast on there as well. And I forgot to do this last time, but uh, thank you to the hyper potions for oh, our, yeah. uh, our, our intro and outro song. It's very cool. And uh, so we will all talk to you guys next time. So thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Oh, bye. bye. Me, me? Bye. Bye. <laughs> Brian, just say bye or fuck off or whatever. <laughs> oh, I thought I said bye. Bye. Oh, bye. <laughs>